this is the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. Here we talk about everything paganism, heathenism, witchcraft, mystery, and mythology. Sit back, relax, open your minds, and now let's take you back to the days of our ancestors. Welcome everyone to the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages and everything in between those genders um, I, it seems more are coming every day but we are back and we are live on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast so welcome everyone thank you all for joining my guest for today is Brady Brady Nash someone who uh, originally commented on one of our videos on one of the podcasts. Uh, which one was that again? Do you remember? I don't remember which one it was. Um, uh, I think it was who was it's uh, the other guy you just had on with the Z, the immortal. Zerlath. I think it was one of y'all's, the one of those earlier episodes, and I commented on that one. Not the most recent one, but yeah, the one maybe month back or something like that i want to say it could be longer i don't know yeah yeah we did one uh we've done two so may have been the the first one but yeah thanks for thanks for joining from the comments into the into the live stream so uh welcome yes i have ascended yes <laughs> from the comments <laughs> up into the video yes 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 that's that's awesome so um oh there's one of my co-hosts, my kitty co-host. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, can't do a show without without Timmy, of course. But yeah, we've officially yeah. been blessed. <laughs> yes, indeed. But introduce yourself to the to the good people. Who are you? What is your thing? What do you do? Uh, yeah. So my my name is Brady Nash, and it's pretty much. My name is going to have a lot to do with what I guess I'm going to talk about later. Um, so yeah, my full name's out there. So hopefully no one wants to dox me. Uh, but yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, born and raised here for the most part. And uh, I'm yeah, repping my my Astro or my not my Astros hat, my Rockets hat. Uh, this is also going to be significant later as well. Uh, yeah, it's all going to tie in. And uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm just a big big old nobody really. Uh, I I'm like I was a professional swim coach for a while. Uh, I've got two kids. I got number three on the way. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of doing. Yeah, thank you. So I'm kind of doing that at home a lot. Um, about to get some goats today. Super excited for that. Actually, uh, been working nice. on it for all the last week building their little shed house thing or whatever. Um, also, another funny, you know, revolution again. And uh, to kind of bring it back to, I guess, what the topic is going to be about is the phenomenon known as synchronicity. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I always think of, you know, a synchronicity literally by definition, in, in case those don't know, uh, it's sort of like a, an, a causal relationship between two, uh, like uh, events happening that have like a personal meaning to the, to the person. So, you know, some of the usual examples you hear is that, 
um, you know, it's like when you are thinking of like an old friend from school that you haven't seen in years. And then all of a sudden the next day they call you or you see them at the mall or whatever. Right. Um, and so I've just been really, really fascinated with this phenomena, uh, trying to, you know, not just only, uh, reading about the guy who coined the term, which is Carl Jung, um, famous Swiss psychologist, but he, uh, Oh, really? It was Jung who coined the term. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I never knew that. Yeah, which is also relevant, too, because, you know, he also was very interested in Odin and Wotan, and he had a whole essay on uh, it as well. So I also find it, once again, all relevant to all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just like a big nobody. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's called, um, this is some Greek words here, but it's called Apocalypsis Historia. Uh, Apocalypsis is this, you know, the etymological root word for the apocalypse, the word apocalypse, which means to reveal or uh, an unveiling of something hidden. So apocalypsis historia literally means, you know, unveiling the history. Right. Um, and I have some old, some old, old videos that I did probably back in like 2015, uh, which I'll get to the subject here in a second, but currently I'm kind of doing it with my buddy right now and it's open-ended, but we're really diving into what's called the Shakespeare authorship question. If you've ever heard of that. I am familiar with it. I know it's been uh, pulled into question and investigated by uh, by multiple people over the years, and it's uh, it's quite fascinating. Uh, it's um, who is it again? Francis Bacon, who is thought to be to be yeah. him, and then he's there's, a big contender. Uh, the newest one is kind of you hear about about Edward De Vere, Earl of Oxford. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a De Vere. Um, yeah, it's it's been pulled into question a lot. I have. Uh, seen a bit about it, haven't dived too much uh, into it just yet. So I'm curious as to uh, to what you all have found. Yeah, and I, I'll I'll definitely be touching on it here. Uh, I actually we have three videos on our channel now, and it's that actually we go into the actual history of people questioning uh, Shakespeare's authorship, and so we go back to you know basically when Shakespeare's coming out. There's even people sussing back then. And so we kind of trace this whole line of thought of like, who, where did this line of thinking is? Because, you know, maybe people today think it's like, oh, that's just the modern, you know, crazy crackpot internet theory, right? Uh, but no, this goes, <laughs> this goes back quite a ways. And, you know, we're talking about lots of people like Mark Twain and Walt Whitman and plenty of other more, you know, literary famous people, high-minded people that we're also calling into question a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, if you're interested in a very in-depth uh, historical timeline of this, this question, uh, I would highly recommend y'all go check us out. So we'll see if y'all like it or not. But it, once again, this Shakespeare thing is definitely also going to tie into a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about um, at the same time. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, and to also to, to be frank with the audience, I, I'm super new to paganism. It's like something that I've only kind of stepped into like this year, only like a few months ago, but it's been a crazy whirlwind uh, of, uh, of many factors kind of like leading me here, which is part of the story, what I want to talk about and just kind of reach out to other people out there, see if they've had similar experiences, uh, you know, add to the big pool of knowledge that we're all trying to like, you know, draw from and make new conclusions from. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I'll be, I'll be ready to take on to the next, on to the next, cause I'm going to talk a lot. I'll probably sound like a crazy person. So you gotta be my litmus test. Be like, yeah, dude, no, it's, that makes sense. Or you to be like, no, nah, dude, like you need to check yourself in, check your lithium levels or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, talking like a crazy person, you know, you'll fit right in on the podcast, uh, looking at some of the, uh, 
the guests I uh, I have had, um, many people would call them call them crazy or call their ideas crazy. I like um, when they when they call us weird. That's like my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's you know that's when you know you made it when they're yeah. calling you when they're calling you weird and you know all the like the similar uh, terms you can use. It's like he's he's such a weirdo. But I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's like, I love it when I get to bring up like the origin of the word weird, right? I get to think of the weird web and I get to think of like all that same stuff. Um, Speaking of synchronicity, that's also kind of tied into it, of course. Exactly. Um, Yes. So I I actually, yeah, I, I, so I've been following Carl Jung. Uh, Let me go back to the beginning. I'll try to figure out how to start this story. And like, cause you know, I hear, I, I hear you talk to Raven Wolfgar and you know, talking about D and D stuff. I was like, yes, I hear you talked about, uh, obviously some more conspiracy alternate history stuff with, uh, immortal, um, and whatnot. And obviously I hear enough talk about magic and all that sort of good stuff. So this is like the perfect convergence for me because oh. I have this oh. yeah, weird path of like how I ended up here essentially is how I think of it. So yeah, once again, just seeing how many other people have like experiences too, as I tell this story and, you know, once again, yeah, adding to this pool of knowledge of that, you know. Well, here on the podcast, we, uh, we do all of it pretty much, uh, like all of the forbidden topics. Uh, nothing is, nothing's too crazy. Nothing's too, too out there. Um, I mean, I've had demonologists uh no demonosophist actually on that's something else than demonology yeah uh, yeah i know you want attention too you don't get attention for now gonna yeah he's gonna keep making trouble he's gonna kick up my microphone again and again and again because he wants attention but uh and i always have to reset it right okay i should do it no but i mean you you've you know you've seen what i uh what i do i do like pretty much everything nothing's too uh too crazy so uh you know synchronicity magic uh conspiracy alternative history occulted history hidden history whatever you name it um and i like i don't do any kind of censorship either so you know use whatever terms you want to use uh, and uh, you know if the the youtube algorithm gods get mad then you know so fucking be it luckily this goes up on many different platforms so we'll be good cool um so yeah i guess we're all started to figure out to track this story and hopefully i'll be leaving people with just cool information along the way at the same time uh so like i mentioned i'm from houston um and born and raised here and essentially where this story starts is, you know, I was always good, you know, mostly decently good at academics. Uh, history was always my jam. So I always took, you know, the pre-college, uh, you know, credit tests, you know, before you go into, you know, into college when you're still in high school. And so, you know, I did well on a lot of that stuff, um, you know, with going through college, you know, things are going, whatever. Uh, I, you know, it was the only alternative thing that I can claim is like I was a big, you know, I'm a big weed smoker. So uh, just you know, it's what I like to I like to consume, and uh, it was probably about like 2015. Uh, this is what this is how it all starts. My buddy, uh, and he I can't reveal his name, but a good friend of mine from high school, and 
growing up, uh, you know, I was like middle class, you know, my dad was a super, super saver kind of guy. He's half Korean. So, you know, I'll throw in the Asian, you know, uh. Uh, miser joke in there, but my, um, my good buddy, he was, uh, he was always the guy that had the brand new cars, lived in the super fancy neighborhood, uh, you know, just had, you know, had the extra ranch house, you know, with all the toys. And so, yeah, their, their family was just really well off. I always knew this and they were super generous to me. So I, I, I love them all to death. And, uh, it was probably about like sophomore or junior in college. Uh, this buddy of mine, I hadn't seen maybe like a year and a half. He called, he calls me over to come hang out. And so we're, we're hanging out, having a good time. What not a uh, drink of beers. It was like 4th of July, I want to say. And during this night, he starts divulging to me that he had found out in his family history that they were a bunch of essentially, um, uh, essentially Nazis that were whisked over here after the war and uh, had, yeah, he'd, he had found some like really crazy stuff in his family. So he's talking about, you know, he at the time he was talking about, you know, UFOs and um, like, you know, anti gravitic stuff and, you know, you know, this and that. And I'm like, bro, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you found it. Your <laughs> Nazis. Like, what is like, what is this? Like, I had never heard of anything like this. Like I'm supposed to be the history guy. Right. So, uh, and I'd always known about MK ultra, which will always, will kind of, will come back to that too. Um, so I'd always known about that from like years ago. My dad listened to some random podcasts about that. I was like, well, that's pretty wild. Um, so yeah, obviously hearing about the Nazi thing. So I started diving into it really hard. Uh, that's when I find you find stuff about Operation Paperclip uh, and all that sort of. That's essentially what he's referring to, or essentially. But Paperclip is mostly like scientists and rocket engineers and, and that sort of type of. Uh, yeah, that's what that operation was involved in. I had also done research on what's called Operation Bloodstone, which is more about them hiring like military people, assets, assassins, stuff like that. Uh, Bloodstone. So, Bloodstone, yeah, Operation Bloodstone. Never heard that one before. Yeah. actually so yeah they'd, they'd be hiring like tons of dudes that were like out in like east europe part of the what's called like the einsatzgruppen and they're out there you know ethnic cleansing or doing all sorts of nasty stuff or whatnot to certain people um some of the people are on trial at nuremberg right but then some of the other official mm -hmm. higher-ups you know we're gonna bring you over right uh we're gonna hang someone out to dry and you take all the blame and and then you know hire the rest of you hire the rest of the other ones so <laughs> one of my earlier youtube videos if you go to my channel um it's it's it, i have it listed or titled as like old video and it's just like me talking to the camera about a lot of this stuff so i was talking about like Werner von braun if you know who he is the nazi yeah. uh, engineer rocket engineer or sort of like manager sort of uh uh, Arthur Rudolph, uh, Dornberger. I don't remember Dornberger's first name, but yeah, just tons of people that I didn't research on and how, uh, you know, this sort of, yeah, hidden, a hidden history of, you know, working with, you know, unsavory elements, you know, for whatever national security reason they got cooked up. Yeah. Um, so I got really into like conspiracy world and studying anything of this sort of topic, you know, be it like, you know, chemtrails, AKA, uh, airsaw or, uh, aerosol injection or whatever stratospheric aerosol injection right uh stuff like that obviously you know, i got kids so i got really into the vaccine uh history yeah. and all that sort of stuff too you don't have to like go down that road but i was very just i'm just like super conspiracy theorist so, like this is where i landed and like i found my niche and that i was able to apply a lot of my historical uh you know wherewithal or for research and whatnot um yeah. so yeah i started getting really into that um oh oh one other small tidbit and i'll relate it to this conspiracy thing Back in 2012, um, have you ever heard of Galveston, Texas? Maybe your wife has, because I know she's from the States, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, I want to know her opinion of what she thinks of Galveston. But so Galveston is like the beach town not too far from Houston. Uh, it was the major port before Houston became the port. 
And mm-hmm. going down to Galveston one time with my grandpa, he had told me like, oh, did you know like Galveston was like the biggest red light prostitute district in the world at one time? It's like, what? No, I had never heard that. Um, so yeah, look it oh. up. And sure enough, uh, it's what's called the free state era uh, of Galveston. It, it goes, this is probably happening when Galveston's found in any way, but the particular time period between like, you know, the 19 teens and the 1950s is that it was straight up gangsters, you know, running illegal gambling halls, bootlegging. Yeah. Just tons of the, the good old mob stuff or whatever. Right. But like the hub was like, you know, I know Louisiana, uh, and new Orleans get, gets a, a lot of rep, but yeah, Galveston was also one of these big hubs, uh, for a lot of this criminal activity or whatnot. So, uh, I just, I was like, wow, this is fascinating. I, yeah, just getting into it. And so looking into that, I, there is a family called the Maceo family, and they're sort of the ones that get a lot of the, uh, you know, when we look back in time, their names are the ones that pop up a lot. You know, they were successful and they're the ones that didn't, you know, get shot or, you know, killed or, you know, jailed or whatever, or whatever as reason. As a mobster, as a mobster, that does make you successful if you manage to avoid Exactly, yeah, because eventually they'll get into doing charity work or, and, they'll, you know, they'll go legit in, uh, in some regard. Yeah, um, sure. But so here's where it gets interesting is that so, yeah, during my I had already known about Galveston. I was doing this this sort of research into Galveston. There's tons of crazy history there. There's like pirates, there's gangsters. Uh, there's just tons of really, really cool stuff. So I've been working on this novel for like the longest time. Um, patented called The Third Coast is the name of the novel. But I've been working on this this story forever, um, taking into a lot of this, you know, historical thing. And I was trying to make it like a crime drama based on true mm-hmm. detective. Um, so. Looking into the Maceo family, I found out that they actually there's another family that essentially took over. Okay, and they married they married into one another, and the, this other family took over, and their names are the Fertitas. Have you ever heard of the Fertitas? I uh, can't say I have. I've, I've you've, heard you've heard about... of them without really uh, maybe realizing you have, but you know what the UFC is, right? Yeah, the UFC is owned by the Fertitas. It's like, really? Yeah, Vincent Frank Fertitta. And so a lot of the mob families in Galveston actually just straight up and moved to Vegas. And so some of the early investment in Vegas is from people from Galveston. Galveston oh, was shit. like Vegas That's... before Vegas was Vegas, literally. Oh, right. So like the, the OG, quite literally OG Vegas. That's interesting. What Like what's up with mobsters and mma like i know that in uh in japan for example i believe there was a big thing with uh pride fc at the time that uh, yakuza was heavily involved in it um i i would go back to probably controlling gambling because there's lots of money to be made and if you control the fighters then you can control the outcome so it's like you obviously I can mean, fix the fights and so they were involved with boxing back in the day too way back then they were trying to bring baseball a pro baseball team to the island or whatever it never panned out but now they obviously like you're just likening to the those families now own the ufc and tons of other stuff and I'm pretty sure enough people will find sketchy stuff about a lot of these organizations in there and i mean that's histories that's- that's how pro wrestling got started, you know, uh, growing, coming from the, the carnival, realizing that, hey, if we just fixed and stripped it, the fights, we can make a lot more money. Yep. And now it's, you know, it's a huge thing. I actually just tonight started watching um, AEW All In. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big wrestling fan. So. Gotcha, gotcha. But... So, yeah, they own not just um, the UFC, but they also own, you know, they own, they own lots of casinos. So you, you can already clearly see a conflict of interest in that regard. Um, 
And one of the other scions of this Fertitta family that's still down here in Houston, he owns Landry's, which is they just own a ton of these restaurant chains here in Houston. So stuff like Joe's Crab Shack and um, Safari, what's uh, Safari Cafe or I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, but the other big things that he owns right now is that uh, it was in 2015, Tillman Fertitta bought the Houston Rockets. Oh, so, okay. Basketball team. So Fertitta is the owner of the Rockets. So that happened, yeah, some years ago. Um, and the, and here to bring it back home to make it more personal. So I'm wearing my Rockets logo here, right? I don't know if you recognize mm-hmm. this. This is the logo that they used in the 90s for a few years. My uncle actually drew this logo. Oh, no shit. That's really cool. Yeah, so they used it for a few years. Uh, he sued them because they didn't, they didn't like, pay him. And this is before Tita was involved. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, my uncle had a yeah bad relationship with the whole thing, uh, and yeah, he had to sue them to like essentially get the money that he was promised for this design, uh, which, like I said, probably explains why they only used it for like four years. But yeah, anyone that's you know oh '90s yeah '90s rockets you know I also get compliments in public here, so, and I, I'm trying to be ostentatious and then you know like oh you know like yeah yeah Fertitas and my uncle you know blah blah blah, blah so. <laughs> um, so that's my little connection there. Uh, but also to bring it home, remember one of the first videos I did on conspiracy was uh, about Werner von Braun and just like the huge, the whole thing about the rocket uh, program here, the space program and how it involves stuff like Disney and a lot of propaganda and whatnot. And uh, you know, but now whenever I see this logo, you know, it, it's like, you know, it's based on like the V2 rocket, which is, you know, what, um, uh, which was Werner von Braun worked on for the Nazis yeah. and whatnot. Um and to make it um, also connect, um, my uncle's name is Thomas, and my mm-hmm. middle name is also Thomas. So, and Thomas literally means twin, and that's going to repeat a lot here in this story too. What's up, dude? My little son's trying to come in here. Um, <laughs> so there's a um, once again, it's like words and names uh, and language kind of revolve around a lot of this story, which is why Shakespeare sort of, you know is got his little shout out here right now and again. Um, so yeah, rockets, not Nazis. Uh, so I'm, I'm a conspiracy dude. I'm, you know, trying to work on this like book, looking into history or whatnot. And, um, from there it, um, and as I kind of got into this conspiracy world, uh, you, you, you just kind of, you start pulling in together other threads, uh, of other things. So like one of these, uh, one of my, yeah, you know, f- here's a first synchronicity story that I have is that, uh, have you ever read any Lovecraft before? Um, I'm not a big Lovecraftian myself. Uh, I know uh, Wolfgar, Raven Wolfgar is, uh, Zaralath seems to, uh, to like it very much. It's, um, uh, a lot of people that I know are into Lovecraft, but I haven't really read any of his, uh, his stories myself. I do, I do mean to, uh, still read some. Yeah, uh, I've read. I haven't read all of his works, but yeah, there's a, a few select, and I have the Necronomicon or whatever. Uh, but for instance, for one of these first synchronicity stories, and this is when I started to really try to catalog them as best as I could. Um, like, so I was listening to a podcast, and it was a guy talking about Lovecraft and some of the other esoteric occult elements in the writing and whatnot, and how Lovecraft would somehow be able to insert something that would seem like it was fake, and somehow it would turn out to be like a real true fact or whatever. So, like, even the name of Cthulhu kind of comes from some other i don't remember what tribe it is or where but they have some octopus you know demon thing god dragon that's 
name was like Thulu or whatever, you know. So just like really mm. on the nose, like stuff. It's like, well, did he know that's what it was, or was he channeling it? You know, we'll leave that up and uh, for other people. Probably he, he he was a high level occultist, so. right? And I know stuff about his grandpa. Supposedly he had a big library, but uh, and in one of those examples, this this dude and the podcast that I'm listening to was like a year old when I was I finally got to it, right? Um, and so this guy, he was also saying something about these people called the Yazidi. And they're like a specific people in like Iraq, I want to say, I think is where they are. And like this guy, I, the guy was saying that the Yazidis are, they follow Satan or Lucifer because apparently Lucifer would be the first person to be redeemed or like forgiven. So that's what part of this whole their shtick is or whatever. And I think they've been um, like targeted. They got really targeted by like ISIS or Al Qaeda. So they were actually getting killed a lot during modern times. But it was just another thing that Lovecraft had thrown in. And like the very next day at school, I was a substitute teacher at the time when I go in and I, I had to sub a class that I was a long-term sub, but they pulled me to pull some other class that I don't normally do, but it was the same seniors that I already knew. And so mm -hmm. they were working on some projects. So I was going around and this one girl, um, she had some project, you know, there's a bunch of pictures pasted all over it. So I'm like, Oh, what you doing? And she's like, Oh, like I'm doing this whole thing on like the Yazidi tribe and like Iraq and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, it's like weird. I, was, I just heard that yesterday. That's kind of weird, you know, ha, ha, you know. Um, <laughs> and so that's how these first things sort of pop up um, or these first, you know, but that's the first time that I actually had like the, the name for it. Maybe I had already known what synchronicity was, but I was like, oh, this is this is kind of like what this is kind of what they're talking about when this this is happening. Yeah. Um, and so I started to kind of like keep a journal here uh, of just any time there was like a big one that was like, oh, that's really poignant and like really weird just timing for a lot of this stuff. Like, I kid you not, I have the book on the shelf back over here, but I'd pulled out. I've gotten so many books on like pirate history, uh, privateer history, uh, especially maybe here in the Gulf Coast, because one of like I said, for research for my book, there's a famous pirate privateer. His name is Jean Lafitte. He was here on Galveston um, doing a bunch of stuff. I don't know if you've ever heard his name before. I believe... I believe so. Um, you know, with the uh, the Dutch East Indies, a lot of piracy going on, a lot of privateering going on, which is basically just, you know, piracy, but uh, with a uh, a government license. Yeah, right. Um, and so, like one, of, for instance, one of these times, I, I walked into like half price books, and I'm like, I'm gonna find something that I need to like figure out. And I found this book. It's over here. Like I'm pointing to it right over there. It's a book that's called uh, The Pirate's Own Tale, and it's a book of a bunch of histories of people in the Caribbean. So I'm looking at the back. I'm like, perfect. Maybe we got something Jean Lafitte involved. Jean Lafitte's like the very, very end of anything pirate history related. He's like early 18, 1800s. So this is well after golden age of piracy. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's late. Yeah, it's really it's, late. Uh, so like I and I kid you not, I pulled the book off. You know, read the back. So yeah, it makes you know what I need. I literally do this rink. Um, and it says, you know, it says John the feet, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, perfect. Cool. <laughs> and then my eyes drift over literally to the other page and it says September 4th. And that's my birthday. So some like major event happened with, yeah, John the feet on my birthday or whatever. And they're talking all about that. So I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of weird. All right. Uh, that's, what <laughs> that's what I need. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, there was another, uh, there's another synchronicity I could talk about that, that I went and bought another book that's called um, Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. He's kind of a famous writer too. His other famous book is called Slaughterhouse 45. Uh, and in this book, he made up like a fake term called uh, Bokanism. And it, uh, or that's the name of the religion. There's a religion called Bokanism. And there is a bunch of fake words that he made up in this book. And there's one book, there's one word that's called Karas, uh, K A R A S S. 
uh, it's a made up word. It doesn't exist mm -hmm. in language. It only exists from this book. And it means like a group of like destiny bound people, maybe not quite your family, but not also just your coworkers, but someone that you kind of are moving always along with in life. And that's what it means. Yeah. Okay. So I buy this book on Friday. I start reading it on Saturday. I get halfway through. It's a very small book. Uh, mm -hmm. The next day, I'm like listening to a podcast and they're talking about like 9-11 truth or something. Just nothing to do with any of this stuff. And uh, this one lady was talking about how uh, she got into this and she's like, oh, there's no better word to really describe it other than I, I met my Karras. And then and then she kind of just goes on about her story. And I was like, I was like, is it, wait, she just said that word. And like, that's not a real <laughs> word. Like, is it like but I, I wouldn't have this context if like just the day before. Uh, figuring it out and then sort of like seeing I call them revolutions is in literally like a completing of the circle yeah uh, coming coming back around again right so yeah, it was just you know the weird John I does the same day I bought that that John Lafitte book with my birthday in it or whatever um oh wow so, yeah so that was the same that was the same trip I I bought those books on it was the, the same little three-day weekend that this all happened and so yeah documenting these and any of these sort of um phenomenon and I'll pull up one of the books here because here we have Carl Jung's essays on synchronicity. Ah, nice. And so just talking about his experiences with it, what he, uh, how he came to term it. And then he's got a bunch, he had these sort of experiments he did with like horoscopes or whatever at, uh, at the tail end. But um, for instance, here's another good uh, Cinco story. I was, I was reading this book and one of his famous examples of synchronicity is that uh, he's telling the story in this book. Uh, it's like, he woke up one day and he had like a dream about Jonah and the whale. So he was just like uh, one day yeah, woke up and it was heavily prevalent on this, on his mind about this uh, fish imagery, essentially. So he's thinking about Jonah, the whale and all this fish stuff. And he goes to work. Uh, he was a psychologist and one of his patients comes in and she starts talking all about how she had a fish dream and talking about fish and fish and this and that. And then um, he goes, uh, mm -hmm. he didn't know what his wife had packed him for lunch and he opens it up and he was, or no, his wife called him and said, oh, I'm making fish tonight. And he hadn't talked to her, uh, you know, to plan this out. And then he like goes down to the lake uh, and, you know, has his lunch. And as he like gets ready to eat, all of a sudden he looks down like at, at a perfectly timed, like dead fish, like floats up to his feet. And then like some old, it's like on the same day. And then some patient okay. calls him later on and they had telling him how they had just finished painting some painting about a fish or something like that. Uh, so, and he, he had termed it like, oh, I coined it like a, a six serial, like, you know, event, you know, it's like the same day, these same patterns keep, you know, going on real time. I'm reading this and he's talking about fish, 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 you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just sitting in the corner of my in-laws house reading this. My father-in-law in the back of the house starts going like fish, 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 fish. And I'm like, what the like, <laughs> you know, what's going on? Like, uh, it's just really weird timing for, you know, all that stuff happening. So I love it when writers that know about synchronicity they have like a kind of gravity that will kind of like make these events occur more often in my experience. And especially the dude who coined it is definitely going to have something with it. Uh, fun fact. So I've been studying young for a while and it was only this year that I realized his birthday is actually my wife's birthday, uh, July 26th. And I had just, you know, he's he found that out. So yeah, I just love seeing the same repeating patterns over and over again. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, have you ever seen the movie, uh, the never ending story? Yes. Yes. And it seems to, um, to gain popularity again uh because people like the memes because there's all the there's the scene of uh, atreyu 
and um, or a tree and his horse dying, and everyone's like, "Oh, I've been scarred for life ever since I saw you know yeah, his, horse, yeah, his yeah, horse die, yeah. or Grok or Gorg or the evil animatronic like wolf that's you know talking or whatever." It was all super creepy. Uh, but one of my favorite yeah. scenes in the movie, and this scared me like out of my wits as a kid. I don't know why, uh, but there's a point where because the whole concept of the movie or the book actually, because it's based on the book, is that there's this kid in a school up in the attic, like reading a book and the book is the never ending story. So that's like the story of Atreyu and Fantasia. And that's the whole uh, fantastic mm-hmm. element or whatever. Right. Um, but there's a scene in the, in the book where uh, Atreyu and the, and the, the character in the story, he's like walking through a blizzard and he comes up to this like big, like kind of glacial mirror thing. And he, he's looking in the mirror and he sees the kid who's reading the book in the attic of the school. Yeah. But the kid in the book in the attic of school is reading about him, like looking at him over and over, right? And it's just sort of like, like the text is like somehow reading us or whatever, right? Uh, the sort of strange feedback between uh, uh, psycho spheres or whatever, I don't know. Uh, but I think that scene sort of encapsulates or really encapsulates or captures that sort of feeling that I'm sort of trying to describe sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I it's been so long since I've seen that that movie but i i totally know what um what scene you mean that's you know mirror imagery is some of the the most powerful imagery there uh there is it's uh it's it's telling a lot there's a lot uh to it you know like actual mirrors broken mirrors um so yeah, to that for that to be used in a story like the never ending story. Uh, like I uh I should do or maybe like find someone to uh to collaborate with to do like a full occult breakdown of that movie because and it's a German book, I think, too. So there's even more maybe paganism stuff that we could, you know, try to find or you oh, know, see what kind of shadows there are. Yeah. I mean if I just like think of the the um, the sphinxes that you can't go through if you're not pure of heart like that's also some um like some two two pillars uh, imagery you know and the sphinxes like very much egyptian a lot of powerful magic coming uh coming out of egypt of course yeah oh i should i should really find someone to do a full cold breakdown or that there's so much to it, and I should just watch that movie again. Yeah, it's, man, it's so a great wrong. movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once again, hopefully, put that scene or a lot of these stories are still, or we're still building up to like this year and like all this stuff or whatever, right? So I've been mm-hmm. documenting all the weird um synchros. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any of the other more poignant ones I'll share at the moment, but uh, they will they will come up again. So let me get my timeline. So I um so over the course of uh, doing this conspiracy research and just kind of getting all manner of, of you know, well, what's there to know? Because uh, obviously, yeah, I like the the parapolitical stuff, so I can go, I can talk about JFK, I can talk about all that stuff like all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so one of my first uh, when I was first doing conspiracy research, uh, MK Ultra uh, was done by the CIA, right? Uh, the yeah. guy who signed that into order, his name is Alan Dulles. And his Perfect. older his older brother his name is John Foster Dulles. Yeah, the Dulles brothers. I've right? heard, I've uh, heard so about that before. Where I went to high school, uh, I went to what's called Elkins High School, 
uh, here mm-hmm. in here in South of Houston, but there was an older school in our district, and it was like the first one in our district. Uh, its name was it, it was John Foster Dulles High School. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, um, but growing up, like, no idea who this dude was. It wasn't until I did conspiracy research that I had any idea who this dude was, and it kind of made me mad because a lot of our teachers at Elkins, they had initially taught at Dulles for several years before they opened Elkins in like the nineties or whatever. So my, Mm -hmm. my history teacher, she taught at Dulles for several years before she came and taught at Elkins. Right. And so, but looking back, if, if you just know who John Foster Dulles is or Alan does for that, for instance, too, you could pass like most of the U S history AP tests. Like there are so many questions that it's like, Oh, the answer, uh, you would know this or, you know, for instance, uh, What's one of the reasons? Uh, I don't, this is what they'll kind of commonly teach, but one of the causes of World War II is that Germany is slapped with all the war reparations, and so they destroy oh their boy, economy. Yeah. Uh, they mass inflate, you know, and so eventually the people get desperate and they, you know, vote a crazy, crazy dictator dude in to fix all the stuff, right? Uh, but guess who's the dude who uh, signed that war reparations clause? The one who literally wrote it into the Treaty of Versailles. It was John Foster Dulles. He's the dude who literally like he's an uh, he was an unvoted, um, <laughs> unelected dude who managed to go to the Versailles Treaty because like uh, his is uh, his family friend who they called Uncle Bert was Robert Lansing, who was the secretary of state for Woodrow Wilson, who was also Woodrow Wilson was Alan Dulles's Princeton professor. Um, so it's just like a very incestuous wow. East Coast power yeah. group. Right. And so. Um, but, yeah, if my teacher had known that one of the most major questions on like the US AP history tests involves like the name of the school, like down the road, like there's no excuse that we should not <laughs> should be getting this, you know? Yeah, um, no, exactly. It's crazy. Wow. So uh, that's when I became really impassioned and inflamed for kind of getting history knowledge out there or, or one also doing even more digging. It's just, yeah, it's, I just, I can look everywhere down. It's like, Oh, street sign that dude or like a oh, milk jug, that guy's name, blah, 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 blah. Um, and just thinking like how it all relates. And so it's, you know, it drives people nuts, but I like doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man. I, I never like, so he is basically the one who caused world war ii to happen cause like, and just, i think later on I mean, he was like oh oops uh, oops that was a bad idea <laughs> well yeah you think um like so many millions of lives lost later just uh oops my bad <laughs> sorry guys um piece of makeup yeah right yeah. <laughs> both, both <laughs> me next year um uh, but yeah ex- exactly oh, and they, so um, they would they would I oh mean, yeah God damn, like they're they're giving obama the the peace price and he bombed the shit out of like just the middle east as hey, we whole. call those love bombs over here okay love bombs oh, yeah. <laughs> freedom oh. bombs <laughs> yeah right um oh, and so yeah so i just got really into just doing history conspiracy research and just you know um yeah so like i said i can talk about jfk and anything related to that and MLK and all the famous assassinations and all the famous coups and operations and blah, blah, blah. But so, you know, I got this all down. Right. So then kind of going into like, if you're a conspiracy theorist, uh, half your, half your plight is trying to convince other people that they're going on. Right. Um, and so Been I was, there. um, yeah, so trying, and now I've definitely kind of stepped back and I was like, you know, there's not much I can do about that. I'll, you know, work on yourself is the best thing you can do. But, um, but during this course, uh, 
I was definitely interested in like, well, there's definitely a spiritual side to all this. Cause you know, for a while I was like, I'd kind of written it off. I didn't know what to think about anything. Uh, I grew up, you know, non-denominational Protestants and whatnot. So it was very just wishy-washy Kung Fu Panda kind of church. Um, and so <laughs> I had a person one use that term before. <laughs> so I um, got, and so I was wondering where to spiritually land exactly in all this. And so the one that, that and, uh, and I'll, I'll, let me get to this point too, because when you're doing conspiracy research and a lot of this stuff, if you know on, on Reddit or any of these sort of things, um, oftentimes they'll be talking about, oh, like the elites and they're doing all this or that, and like they're all into like the pagan stuff and they're all doing this like evil dark pagan, it's all pagan stuff because it's all an inversion of Christianity. And so, yeah, it's like you see, like, you know, yeah, they're doing like you know, a, a, a Brina, uh, uh, Marina Abramovich, and she's like one of those creepy ladies who does all the. The creepy stuff, yeah. you know, doing the uh, uh, the creepy. They have those like parties where they'll go and there's like like cakes that they eat, but they're like in the shape of people, you know, just like really yeah. macabre stuff. That's like, yeah, that is that is kind of distasteful and like it does look dehumanizing. Um, when spirit kinda, cooking, right? Yeah, all the spirit cooking yeah. stuff too and whatnot. Um, and so I was like, yeah, so maybe there's something to that, you know. Uh, wasn't really sure because I was like, eh, Christianity, I don't know, maybe yes, I, I don't want to, but I'll give it a try. So, yeah, I, you know, I looked into like Buddhism and maybe some of the other stuff out there, but uh, yeah, Christianity was the only one that was like, it's maybe this or something else. I don't really know. Uh, and so, yeah, I remember one point I was doing a, uh, I was writing my book and I had, there's a, a goddess of Carthage. Uh, her name is Tanit, and she gets like a rap in like the Bible for like, this is who they burn their babies to and blah, 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 blah. And there's a sort of archaeological debate over whether these certain urns in, in Tunisia, Carthage uh, contain like, you know, bones of sacrificed children or maybe children of like premature stillborn children. Um, and so when I started to be, I'd entered this thing like, oh, look, creepy, you know, oh God, the bad guys worshiping Tanit, yada, yada. But the more I started to dive into it, I was like, this is like really, really like, contentious and like it doesn't make any sense uh and, but where i saw like the history written by the victor type of thing and it's like well all we have is like the writings from the victors and we don't really have any of their writings so i i hate to like put all the justification on it so it was it really threw me for a loop of trying to figure out like what, what's really going on like are there a bunch of like super you know demented people or is it like you know someone who just like obviously like uh slandered people they had conquered afterward to make it seem like why it was okay like well we had to kill them they're killing kids like uh, like are you gonna stop us yeah but i mean come on like i i can like 100 say that no no goddess would ever accept a uh, a child sacrifice like we're talking goddess here we're talking to females no i mean some evil or you know what we associate with male entity but if we're talking gods and goddesses gender is kind of eh, you know it's however they present themselves that's like that's the real how they present themselves and identify as not like what whatever the uh the woke crowd claims it is um because you know if you're a god if you're a, a higher the, the gender it doesn't really exist it's something that we gave them um but I mean, Baal and Baal worship, and even that's kind even of even those names, dead. right? Yeah, yeah, and and like even that is now uh, in pagan circles is kind of being like okay, but 
like was he really really that bad did he really ask for those offerings or was it i mean you know you being a protestant for a protestant yourself like is that something that the priests or you know the the holy man the middleman told the people that that is what the god demands because i mean i i know uh i know the left hand path i can like kind of um work on the left hand path i i choose to uh like kind of stay stay in the middle or more towards the light side but i can i can do the the more darker stuff um they are you know furious gods you know talking about Votan, odin he is you know the god of the dead the god of the hanged man the furious one uh so yeah he is not a god to be messed with and yeah you know the old pagans they did sacrifice people to him but you know like it's that like was a lot of context you know yeah exactly because like that was a great honor back then even and it wasn't just that they you know took some random dude from the village and was yeah, like you're gonna go to see Votan. yeah yeah like, like you're that. gonna you're gonna go see Votan now good luck bye <laughs> no you know like they were prisoners of war they were soldiers like or criminals too right yeah exactly you know hangman criminals or soldiers because you know they'll be good for for in valhalla and during ragnarok and whatever like whatever regular john like what the hell is what i'm gonna do with him it's like you know hi i'm here yeah <laughs> okay and like who are you well you know i'm down on that guy and what did you do in life nothing much Fly. yeah <laughs> um exactly so, so. yeah like completely taken taken out of context and, and vilifies of course um and it, it it wasn't like it's like it was an everyday thing like it was only during the big feasts during the the big solstices on like the most holy of holy places and so yeah you know that that is indeed a big part of the church you know taking it all out of context vilifying uh demonizing uh, sometimes quite literally like i right. can't count how many times i've heard that oh your gods are just demons in disguise so yeah they're trying to defile uh the old ways essentially right and that's when we kind of get yeah. uh, i'll dive into some of that language stuff and why shakespeare is also important in this sort of equation too uh yeah i, I totally 100 agree so yeah looking at this tannet thing and just scratching my head like can't really make heads that's... or tails of like because you'll go look at the arguments and they'll be like look they say that they're sacrificing kids and then you'll have the the, the opposing side being like dude they're using the word kid like kid goat like not children goat and they'll be like well look at these bones like the, the bones are definitely like uh you know because some of them are animal bones some of their kid bones but the, the whole thing about are the bones big enough to be you know fully a form babies or was it like a, a returning to the mother goddess like they were still born or they died you know very young age maybe uh but it wasn't like in a sacrificial it may have been like a special burial graveyard essentially for you know uh, you know, a baby or a mother or a, yeah, a child did not make it to mother in this world, so it returns back to the to the goddess mother, right? But so yeah, just yeah. having this sort of like conflict. But when you're doing so, doing conspiracy research, paganism gets lots of bad names, like ah, 
pagan is look they're doing all these rituals looking all them doing the creepy stuff and you're like yeah well those are the bad guys and they seem to be doing that creepy stuff so yeah i guess it makes sense um but so i landed on getting really into first i was really interested in narcissism one because like all their names in there are just super metal and like cool sounding um <laughs> yeah so it was like oh y'all y'all debate and blah 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 it's like i don't know any of the, if i believe in other stuff but i'll look into it so i got it really interested in that for a while uh, and then moved from Gnosticism and I kind of landed on like being really interested in Eastern Orthodox Christianity. OK, so it was like not it was like during late 21. Yeah, late mid to late 2021 that I was like kind of got into this and got a bunch of like, you know, got a Bible or because uh, I had a few different stuff on Gnosticism and Bible stuff before, you know, just to be a good scholar. even if I didn't believe any of that stuff, I but, mean, the the Gnostics and the um, the Orthodox Christians, they're they're still pretty based you know they still have that um that warrior christ uh that they believe in not the you know the the hippie pacifier christ um because you know he was the lion king of course and uh, a lion is not you know it's it's not not my cat it's not a not a cat that will just you know lay on your lap and demand attention and demand to be loved and whatever no a lion will bite your head off and just be like hey dude i'm a lion what you expect right yeah 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 and um so got into eastern orthodox and was you know mostly interested in a lot of their philosophical you know points and takes and you know, and they also have a what you're also likening to is a sort of like uh traditional culture something because like now that i was starting to have kids i was like yeah. well i felt so kind of lost in a lot of this stuff that i just didn't want to like burden them with the sort of same thing or whatever or at least maybe give them a head start compared to what i thought i was given um and so yeah i just thought that maybe this is the way you know got my bible um and i just remember yeah on christmas eve it was like five days before my son is born uh he's born january 1st 2022 um nice and I remember like we moved in this house we're in right now. We just moved in and like kind of get into it. You know, it's like Christmas Eve. So like I'm trying to establish some kind of tradition. I want something. What can I latch on to? Like what, I, you know, someone is like from Texas who maybe much like much of the white folk here. It's like, you know, and black folk too. It doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, we just, we're so culturally amnesiac. And so other than the sort of like, oh, you know, corporate Santa at Santa time and corporate Hollywood <laughs> at Halloween time. And it's just saccharine, just sort of like lame stuff, right? Uh, just, yeah, yeah, no substance. Or if there was a substance, it's been so diluted. That I'm just, what is there? Because, you know, you hear people been like, oh, well, look, the Christians are using pagan, you know, festivities. So they're not, they're doing a bunch of naughty naughties. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't really know how to reconcile any of that. But I just remember Christmas Eve trying to read this Bible to like my wife and myself and my daughter, um, at the time, and you know, they, they tell you which ones to read on what day of the year. So I tried to read it and I was like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I don't like this. Like, this is lame. Like, I don't like any of this stuff. Like, I hate reading it. I hate all the names. Like, none of this stuff means anything to me. They're talking about some desert way fucking far away. I don't care about any of this stuff. Like, I tried so hard to care. Uh, try to follow through some of the doctrines. And, you know, I, I so, you know, will believe on the sort of like anti-woke, you know, whatever sort of like, you know, proper worldview. I don't even know how to properly term it. There's, I just saw a lot of, uh, you know crossover between beliefs or whatever but yeah trying to get into the actual cultural stuff it's like yeah you can read all about the rationality and the logical stuff that that all the people like to espouse and all the apologetic stuff but when i got down to like reading the bible writing the thing that they tell you to read it's like 
Never could either, but Jeremiah, but it's like my tongue can't do this stuff. Um, and it's funny because <laughs> my my daughter's name, her name is Bryn. So it's an old English word, right? And it's me and my wife mm-hmm. had just been like on on uh hitting all the same cylinders ever since we had first talked about having kids and we were like, Oh, we really like these names. And so there's very much a, a Celtic vibe with all my kids, or I would probably say. So like Bryn's nice. name was either gonna be Bryn or Cambry. Um so we ended up hmm. Bryn. And then my son, I didn't know if he was going to be a boy or a girl. We didn't do the gender test. And I had only kind of decided on his name um, like during that week, right before he was born. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Um, so his name is Sawyer. Uh, so I like to say, oh, Sawyer, you know, that's sort of like old Scottishy, you know, old Englishy type ways. So yeah, yeah, I've yeah. definitely already kind of landed on like my kids' names, you know, maybe inherently, maybe epigenetically giving them these names. Um, very, very Celtic, very Anglo-Saxon. Right, uh, right. Very- old old british yeah so yeah they, so going into january yeah 2022 my son's born a super excited it's like yes i got a boy i got a girl because i wanted a boy i wanted a girl i'm not super like oh, i want only boys or whatever um yeah just now i'm happy i got both and so i got number three coming no idea what it's gonna be but yeah i got i got names picked out already um and it's part of this story that's coming up so i was like all right eastern orthodox like maybe i don't know i got all your books i'll come back if if i need to but i was like this is just nothing's happening here like and i want something to happen here where it's like i know things are happening in my heart when like a weird synchronicity pops up especially when i'm super involved with the research and the sort of like where i end up today Uh, and yeah just not feeling anything when i read that bible like nothing um and so time goes on and i got two characters in the story that i'm gonna have to talk about a lot uh one is my co uh co-host chance his name is chance uh, he's mm-hmm. like my old childhood friend. We've been best friends forever. He's the guy that I do a lot of my, the, the whole Shakespeare stuff with, and he's much, okay. that's really more his wheelhouse. Uh, I'm sort of over here being cheerleader. You know, I've read some Shakespeare. I, I try to do my due diligence, but that's like his area of expertise or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the other character is my cousin. His name is Colby. And so if you remember, uh, my uncle Thomas, the guy who drew this, that's his mm-hmm. son. Okay. Um, okay. Right. And Colby's middle name is also thomas a lot of thomases right uh, and so the word thomas means twin and growing up which is funny because colby is like the youngest one of his brothers and sisters and i'm the oldest on my dad's side uh, but of all the kids growing up it was always compared that colby and i like looked like twins um, they're like, oh, y'all look exactly like, y'all look exactly like, blah, 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 right? So all growing up, this is what we always heard. And it's funny later on that we realized the word thomas means twin, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So here we start to kind of get to this nicknames and language thing again. Um, so time passes on. Uh, me and Colby kind of reconnect and we start hanging out a bunch. He joins my D&D group because I've been playing a lot of D&D. And one day he starts bringing over and I got it here. I've been drinking it the whole time on the stream. But I don't know if you've seen this. It's from Denmark. Uh, it's called uh, the brand is called Donskbjod. But he brought over this. It's called Odin Skull. Okay. With this, with the one eye, of course. Yeah, yeah. Dude, no, dude. If you've never had this brand of meat, this is the best brand of meat ever. And if you see here, it's got the uh it's a 19% uh alcohol. It's decent. It's a, it's a fortified, so they make the meat and then they put Everclear and Moonshine, I don't know what, to knock up the uh, alcohol. Uh, but oh my god, it is so good. And so, you know, we, we were beer drinking guys and whatnot, but yeah, he brought over this and like we just never stopped drinking it. And they have some other flavors. Um, <laughs> but this is like this is dude, this is the stuff, okay? This is awesome. Um, so yeah, he starts bringing this over, and you know, 
time passes on and I want here's a weird synchro story uh, when this because I this is like things just beginning to ramp up. OK, so Colby enters my orbit uh, and already been talked about chance about some Shakespeare stuff as this goes on uh, before we ever recorded anything. But last summer. Um, oh, uh, to add it on, my cousin Colby, he gets a uh, during this time, he gets a baby husky. It's got mm-hmm. one blue eye, one brown eye. It's whatever the name of that condition is. Um, and, it, you know, so it kind of oh. looks like. Um, yeah, so he's got two different color eyes. He goes ahead and names his dog Odin. We call him Odie, uh, you know, for a little term of endearment. Because, uh, you know, once again, it looked like he was kind of missing that eye since they were the different colors. So it just kind of fit really well. And we're like, oh, that's cool. You know, Odin's cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, I just remember, like, I was out of town and I had my D&D group chat. I was going to go buy, I was going to go buy alcohol and I was trying, I was out of town, but I was trying to buy Odin Skull if I could. So I go to this alcohol store and I'm like, you know, going to the store, my D&D group is texting. Uh, my cousin's like, oh, next time we meet up, I'm going to bring Odin Skull. And this girl in my group is like, oh no, like what happened to Odin? Cause she thought the little baby puppy Odin had died or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, we we're, she was mistaken obviously. Cause he's just talking about Odin skull. Right. And so we're all laughing like, oh, he means Odin skull, the drink, right? Not the dog. And so I'm checking out, I, I have a bottle of Odin skull. I found it at the alcohol store and I'm, I'm checking it out. I'm buying it. The dude who's checking out, he's got long blonde hair and he like picks this up. And he's like, cause everyone, if I ever buy this anywhere, everyone always picks it up and looks at it. Cause it's like this cool ceramic bottle. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, dude, like Odin Skull, like, that's crazy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, look at this text message. Me and my friends were joking about Odin Skull. <laughs> and this dude is giving me, like, the coldest, like, blank stare. He's like, and I'm like, what? I was like, what's dude? He does this to his name tag. Motherfucker's name was Odin. <laughs> so, like, talking about Odin Skull, buying Odin Skull, like, from Odin. I was like, whoa, dude, like, what the heck? Um, so, yeah, that was Yo, one of my that's, favorite, yeah, that's favorite so cool. stories. Um, and yeah, so, so this is still before I'm into paganism or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was still kind of like tinkering with uh, Eastern Orthodox and like, you know, still listening to all the streams and apologetic guys that I liked or whatnot. Um, and, but kind of falling back into Gnosticism, like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm just go Gnosticism, like God sucks. You know, God's real, but he's an asshole. Um, so I, uh, so time passes on. I'm, um, I'm doing more Shakespeare research with my buddy Chance and also uh, writing for some of my stuff in my book. And, um, for instance, I was reading, uh, one of my favorite Shakespeare's is Macbeth. I, I like Macbeth a lot because uh, yeah, in the opening scene, they've got like the witches in the beginning and it just like, it just captivated me. I was like, what are these characters in here for? Like exactly. Cause like what agency do they really have for like sending all this stuff up? And I just really wanted to know everything about them. So read a lot of Macbeth really into the witch stuff. Of course, they're called the weird sisters in here. Um, and the and I'll I'll tell you now that the Christians will say that the three witches are because they they speak in trichaic or triacic or whatever the word is where they've got like mm-hmm. repeating three syllables for the lines. Uh, even like it's even crazy how some of the text will even form like a triangle as they 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 shape out the font. And so you hear I mean, a Christian. That's, that's very much on purpose. That's very much right. word magic at play there. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. And so the. Um, uh, and I, I quoted a line from uh, Macbeth uh, in my book because my character's British. So I was like, oh, he must know some Shakespeare. So he quotes, um, <laughs> he, he, he talks about incarnadining the multitudinous sea, which means reddening the sea. Um, and I go over to my buddy's house. And yeah, I think he actually is the one who gave me this copy. I had like a different copy. I was reading online, maybe. And he is he was like super deep into the figuring out the, the Shakespeare office question or whatever. So 
Uh, and he's like, look, dude, you can't even like open up one of these books without them talking about it. And he was showing in like the intro that, you know, you can find these copies anywhere. And mm -hmm. in the intro, you know, they're talking about Shakespeare authorship and whatnot. And at one point, uh, he's got, there's someone, oh, I just followed the name. There's someone named Robert Green in here. I would talk about Green uh, as another sort of motif that's hit up a lot. Um, so I got interested. I was like, all right. So I go home and start doing my cursory research because I already believed that Shakespeare wasn't the guy from Stratford. Like I had talked about that for a while and just the weird stuff uh, in his place. So I was already, I just didn't know who to really say. It's like, sure, it's Bacon, sure, it's Severe. I don't know. It's just not the Stratford guy. Uh, but I go online. I start looking up, you know, Robert Greene and Shakespeare. And I start finding this dude named Thomas Nash, like in the Elizabethan era. And so once again, my middle name is Thomas and my last name is Nash. So I was like, Oh, that's weird. Like, well, huh, what does this guy have to do with anything with it? Um, so yeah, start reading up a lot of Thomas Nash, uh, and figure out who this dude was. And just, uh, it's funny singing like the Shakespeare stuff. So my buddy starts doing more research and he, uh, will expound on this in a, in a, an episode very, re uh, coming up soon. Mm -hmm. He's a firm believer. There's another, uh, writer. His name is Thomas Decker. So we got two Thomases again in the same era, I remember, if you remember what the word Thomas means, it means twin. And so he's yeah. a firm believer that Thomas Decker is literally Thomas Nash. Like they're the same person. They have like the same kind of syntax. They have the same kind of like wordplay of like old Latin, changing them into new words and all this sort of stuff. So he's a firm, firm, firm believer that they are literally the same person. And I pointed that out. I was like, well, it kind of makes fun sense if they were the same person because Thomas means twin. There you go. Um, and so I thought that was kind of funny. And um so, yeah, he became really uh, focused on that. At one point, I think he'd even found the line that I had quoted from Macbeth was actually like a Thomas Decker line. So even the one, or a.k.a. a Thomas Nash line. So it's like quoting myself or something in that sort of like meta metaphysical uh, regard. Right. So, oh, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of kind of cool, but kind of weird. Um, so, yeah, time goes on. And what eventually happened is that my uh, Colby, uh, he moved in with me earlier this year and. So we got into, you know, close proximity and uh, Colby comes and he's talking about Vikings like all the time, like Vikings, this Vikings, this blah, 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 you know, Thor, Viking, Viking, Viking. And I'm like, whatever, dude, like whatever. Yeah, sure. Vikings like, you know, care. You, you can go enjoy your Viking stuff. And so this is what he always talked about. And he got into it a lot. He'd known about it before, but obviously drinking more Odin's gold, drinking more meat kind of prompted more research. And so, yeah, sure. he's, he starts getting really into it. And I, I would what essentially happened is it was like the week after he moved in. And this is like the week I became pagan that like everything like crumbled around me. It's weird. Um, so yeah, we, um, it was the beginning of this one week. And so he's talking a lot about Vikings, 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 and, uh, and just how cool they are in the history. Yada, yada. And he had said that we had some like Viking blood in us or whatever from our lineage. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Um, I just kept, I kept writing it off. I was like, yeah, dude, you know, have fun. Tell me whatever. I don't care. He got really into the Viking show like a while back. And so it was, uh, and here's how it started off. So I have another book here. So most of my synchros often involved reading and like books. And that's why I always have my thesis around like language is like a big component of this thing. Um, it is. Are you familiar with Conan the Barbarian? Yes, I am. Right. I don't know if you, if you don't like Lovecraft. Conan is freaking awesome. Conan is like high octane, <laughs> like machismo, like just, you know, it's so awesome. I love Conan. It's just the best stuff. And like, it's great because you can just read a short story so you can not have to, you know, be so behold to finish the whole thing. You can read this much and feel satisfied and not feel so, you know, down about yourself about not finishing a book because you kind of finish the whole story. So I don't know. Just, yeah, it's great. Uh, weird synchros more. Uh, Robert E. Howard is actually from Texas. Oh, cool. The writer's from Texas. He's from the middle of 
ass nowhere, Texas, like up near Dallas, near the Panhandle area. Um, but I got into reading Conan a lot because my book takes place during, you know, the 30s. So I was like, oh, I want to read a lot of contemporary stuff, Pulp Fiction. So I read a lot of Lovecraft for that reason. I got into reading a lot of Conan for that reason. Just got to put my head in the mind space of people that live there. Uh, but I got really into Conan and he's got another character. So Robert Howard has another character called Bran McMorn. Oh, okay. So this dude, uh, where is it? If it says down at the bottom, nope, it doesn't say that. So it says the last king, but he's called the last king of the Picts. I don't know if you know who the Picts are. Yeah, they're a um, what is it like a Scottish proto Scottish? Yeah, and so yeah, this is one of their uh, Pictish stones or whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, so I've only read a couple of these, and this is the, this is happening during February. Okay, so I'm going to Galveston for a, a, a historical research trip and i uh we're going down there to talk with the um it's called the lafitte society and it's literally like a bunch of old people at a uh at an old folks home um so i was literally like we went there and we were like the youngest people there by like 30 or 40 years so we, we definitely stuck out that i'm here like because i have my own theories about john lafitte or whatever and i wanted to talk to these people about what they thought they knew had some really had some weird experiences there too i'll talk about maybe another day but so on the way there to galveston uh, to do some research or whatever. I'm reading the first story because I'd had the book. I hadn't read it yet. Uh, so I read one of these stories from Bran McMorn. I think Bran, he is a, he's a descendant of Conan. So Conan is like a super ancestor and Bran is like one of his oh, descendants okay. or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and I think Bran, this was written before he made Conan. So before he got was writing Conan, he was writing Bran McMorn and some, a bunch of other characters. And the first one I read... I just I picked I was like oh, random one which one am I gonna read I'll read uh I forget which one it was was it Kings of the Night or was it this other one it was Kings of the Night and the story it's all about Bran McMorn summoning one of his ancestors to come fight against the Romans or whatever um mm -hmm. and so yeah it's, it's this huge battle and he's got some spear I don't remember what it was but he, yeah he or a horn but he summons one of his like long dead ancestors and he just you know he's like a superhero so he like kicks that shit out of like all the Romans uh but in this book yeah. I learned the word um. Uh, you kept talking about the heath and the heather and then just talking about the location it was like heath and heather it's like i know that's like a kind of biome term but like what does that mean exactly you know go look up heath and you know, literally real time i'm reading it and just look it up on my phone and you know the word heath and heather means like uncultivated land or wild land right um yeah just you know the the countryside the yeah and that's yeah. where the word heathen essentially comes from right it is. So yeah. I learned that later this people, that same week. People love the heath. Yeah, um, exactly. Pagan means the same thing, basically. Uh, Paganas, the the people that you know live in the country. Um, you know, people who worship the nature gods and the nature spirits, because you know they are quite literally surrounded by them. Uh, so it's you know, and that's why, uh, especially when you know christianity made its march up into uh, into europe uh it's it started in the cities first of course you know because a lot of you know rich people they live in the cities the politicians or whatever they they live in the cities or you know ruin the cities and whatever and they saw a lot of power in that and they were promised a lot of power of course but you know in the country i don't think well, I don't think I know it's, you know, it never died. Um, it got, 
you know, suppressed and repressed like really, really bad. And, you know, they had to um, hide it. Like they, they literally had to hide their their practices, hide what they were doing or, you know, disguise it as something else, which was a, uh, a common practice, um, you know, all over the world, basically. Another, uh, another thing of that is, for example, the... Brazilian sport of uh, capoeira, like the reason why it's done on music and it looks like a dance is because, you know, the African slaves wanted it to make it look like they, you know, oh, we're just dancing. It's just really acrobatic dancing. It's totally not fight training at all. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they really had to hide what they were doing and uh, it it even came to the point the Christians were, you know, smart in that, smart in like a, a, a really bad way. It was actually my, uh, it was Thane Josh of the tribe who uh, who provided us with that information that if you were a wanted man and, you know, being a heathen, being a pagan, that automatically, automatically makes you a wanted man, the only safe place was in the church. So, you know, just give up your gods because, you know, we're not going to stop hunting you and just join the church. Yeah, join the winning the church. team. Yeah. I mean, that's where you're safe. That's where, you know, we won't hunt you. It's like, okay, that's on the one hand, it's really clever because, I mean, I got to get the devil his due. It is a clever tactic. But on the other hand, it's such such a bad move. It's so like you're giving them no other choice. It's I mean, quite literally, convert or die. So yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, Red Brand McMorn learned the word heath. I didn't know it connected to the word heathen at that time. This was like Monday mm -hmm. of that week that I was that I was reading the story, learned the word, um, and then. Um, it was like uh, the next day or it was around the same week that Colby or Colby started talking to me about about. Yeah. And so Nash comes from Norse stuff and Viking stuff. And before I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But then I became kind of more interested as I started to kind of compare. Uh, I was starting to compare Odin with Shakespeare because I was like, that's yeah, kind of funny because Odin, he's like the God of poetry, uh, the God of like, you know, the spoken word sort of like and whatnot. And Shakespeare is also sort of that same kind of thing. And while we were in a Galveston, uh, my cousin, he, Colby, he, uh, you got one of these for me while we were at one of these gift shops or whatever. Nice. So it's a little William Shakespeare. And while I was even looking at it, I was even looking at the back and it, cause it says uh patron saint of cross dressers. Um, I made the connection later on and I was like, Oh wait, cause Odin kind of gets painted sometimes as the cross dresser too, whatever. Um, and then, uh, I mean, he, yeah, you know, he maybe take it out of context. Yeah. But it still kind of gets that rep. I would say he dressed up as a female in order to uh, be able to get taught cider from uh, the goddess Freya, because cider is a female form of magic, and Odin, Odin being a well, a male god, um, you know, it's it's frowned upon, of course. So right. I guess cross-dressing and like really embodying the uh, the divine feminine, the divine female, was a way for him to be able to do that. And even on here, it also says that he's also the patron straight, uh, patron saint of upstart crows. And obviously crows and ravens kind of have a connection. This, mm -hmm. this line here, 
upstart crows is is kind of a reference to the Shakespeare offset question that I actually mentioned early earlier in here when I was talking about Robert Green. That's a Robert Green quote, actually. Uh, I think it's a Robert Green quote. It definitely comes from this this part of this intro. Anyway, um, and and there's another weird synchro involved with this candle, but I won't go into that. But uh, so yeah, learned the word heathen, and then I started to. Uh, I'd already known Thomas Nash and maybe Thomas Decker were the same were the same person. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Christopher Marlowe? He's another famous uh, Shakespearean era writer. Uh, maybe you've worked with Shakespeare. Maybe, maybe not. People, you know, depends on who you want to listen to. But he's another famous writer. I'll get into his name in here in a second. Um, so, and it was like the next day. It was like that Wednesday. So I'm having this more of this theory of like. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, funny with like I got I was maybe looking a little more of this Norse stuff. Like, what is it? Odin seems kind of cool. Like, I, I like all this you know, dude who's interested in knowledge and whatnot. And I, it was like one morning, me and Colby are about to go do some yard work, and we're kind of talking about. I was talking about like um, like pre-programming effects of like from movies or whatever. And the example was is like, oh, you know, they put those movies like Final Destination out, so that way if you're driving on the road. Uh, and if you see a log, you know, come off the truck, you know, you've, you've recognized yeah, yeah, you know yeah, how to yeah. get out of the way in time because maybe there were too many highway accidents. So they needed to train the populace to to be better at dodging this stuff. I don't know. So I made that sort of like fun analogy. I, I go and listen to a podcast all about like precognition and sort of like I would stress or I would gander or postulate that maybe synchronicity is a sort of like maybe one way viewing of a sort of time travel effect, maybe of, of some regards. Uh, your consciousness being here and being here to sort of like be able to like put the two connections together. Um, so I'm just going to form this theory in my head. So the guy's talking about, he was talking about words and language mm-hmm. and, um, and synchronicity and like time tra- uh, uh, and precognition or whatever. And so I'm like, listen to this whole podcast. I'm doing my yard work. Uh, I take a break. I, I meet up with Colby and I'm like telling him about the podcast and, you know, all oh, precognition and language and blah, blah, blah. And Shakespeare too. Maybe there's something there. Um, my wife calls me like in the middle of us talking, She's like, Brady, 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 Brady. Like, I almost just died on the highway. You know, she had my two kids with her. She's like, I almost just died Mm -hmm. on the highway. I was driving behind this big truck with a log that almost flew off and hit me, and I was able to get out of the way just in time. And I was like, like, whoa, what's happening? Like, what's going on? Holy shit. Especially just in terms of the conversation we were having with the precognition and just how to, like, having those sort of, like, it's the synchro happening in real time, but it's, like, it's Mm -hmm. it's happening quicker and quicker. The circles are completing quicker and quicker. so I was like, that's getting kind of weird. Uh, it was like the same. And then the very next day, which is like one that really blew my mind. I, I don't even know why I didn't even know this. My own last name, Nash. I was starting to look into this. Um, my last name, Nash. And this is where the Scandinavian root comes from. So Nash mm-hmm. from Old English or whatever comes from Atten Ash, which literally means like by the ash tree, like Atten Ash tree. And so apparently it got much to do with Scandinavian people that came over, bringing yeah. their ash trees, bringing all that stuff or whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, um, Ask and Embla, Ash and Elm, they were the yep. first two humans created by um, Odin and his two brothers, Philly and Vey. No, so, yeah. Those, um, it's not his brothers, that's his sons, I believe, but Odin and his two brothers. Yeah, v, uh, yeah, the two V names, I forget their names too off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah, no, so, yeah, my, uh, yeah it, is, last... it is Philly, uh, Philly and Vey. Okay. The, uh, so, another so yeah i started to find out that apparently my last name nash does have a big like norsey sort of connotation to it and like you know realizing that yggdrasil is like sometimes they say it's the elm tree sometimes they say it's the ash tree i hear it go both ways but 
Um, I was like, oh, let's uh, kind of crazy that you know it, that has that much you know connection to that, and that the ash is super important to the Norse people, and that Odin's spear yeah. is supposed to be made of ash just because of how durable and how like malleable and just strong and tough and uh, this wood is or whatever. So I was just kind of like, oh, huh, like I, I don't even know what that's my own last name means. Like that's kind of that's kind of crazy, <laughs> and it has a connection with Odin very much too, right? Um, and then I start my Shakespeare connection starts read for me even harder because it was like, oh, like that's kind of weird. Just once again, like just seeing Thomas Nash, who we also think is part of the Shakespeare project. I'll leave also to bring that up to speed. Uh, we think that Shakespeare is a, a bunch of dudes. Um, but yeah. to see that, yeah, this this Thomas Decker, Thomas Nash character uh, connection and just being like, oh, well, there's some shout outs essentially to some of those. Uh, some of those entities or, or energies or whatever, right? Because if mm. it, I always think of Odin, you know, he he hung himself for the runes or like the the words or language itself or whatnot. And language is almost consciousness. Like you don't have, you're not thinking without words or, or whatever, right? Um, I mean, it it is, and you're you know you're creating consciousness. You're creating the world with you know your speech. It's I, I've said this many times on the podcast before, but it's called spelling. Right. Yes. For a reason. Yeah. You know, and the the runes are, um, yeah. You know, they're they're regular letters as well. You know, the runic alphabet. It was used to, you know, write down your groceries or write a um, like write a, a poem for your loved ones. Speaking of loved ones, Firefay. Hey, babe. Welcome. Hey. Hello. I was going to um, say the other thing that is interesting with the runes too is instead of throwing, you cast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, casting magic, where... casting spells, broadcasting. I hate saying this because I'm such a fan of Shakespeare. Don't tell me there's more than one because then I will cry. What if I tell you <laughs> that there's also a girl maybe involved with that? Would that be sort of like a cool no. shout out then? No. <laughs> no. You're talking to a theater geek. No. <laughs> well, good. No, we need we need more people like you in there to make those sorts of uh, calls. And, you know, yeah, what what is your, your sort of zeitgeist feel as we sort of lay some of this stuff out? And if you ever get a chance, I'd go check out some of the history of the Shakespeare officer question where we sort of go through. I can't, though, because I'm uh, behind the scenes. I'm more of behind the scenes. I don't Fox can tell you, um, I love, love special effects makeup. Love it. Oh, man, you and my mom would get along. That's what she kind of did for a while, too. <laughs> and I did go to school for it. And it's funny because, like, I can't watch spooky movies at all. Fox can tell you. I will literally have my phone off to the side as he's watching his stuff because we did yep. that with it. Mm -hmm. But the minute you put the material, like the latex, the fake blood the makeup to make bruising blood the guts the gore i mean which is so it's weird people are like how how can you not watch it on the screen i'm like i don't know what they do but it's just too much it's the energy yeah it's the energy attached to it mm -hmm. so i mean that's where it's like people were i had when i was in school i remember they came and said hey do you want to do a clown's makeup? And I was like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> Write me up, I'm out. <laughs> they're yeah. like, they're so like, are you sure? Can... I was like, I'm afraid of clowns. I will not do that makeup. Write me up. That's too funny. Yeah, my mom loves doing gore makeup. She's not a big scary movie fan, but 
she would come to like for talent day and like do one of either my my or my brother's like makeup and just make it look like we had like gore like all over us or whatever and like one <laughs> time we like, we, we like tricked the principal and we were and you know had some like crazy boil on my arm and he was like should we take you to the nurse like you know like, <laughs> i remember that too because um i showed fox back when i was in school um we had the special effects makeup and my poor mother poor my poor mother she knows my fascination with it um they had a piece of ice that was like frozen to the point where it wasn't melting yet <laughs> and we dipped it in the fake blood and then i stuck it in my special effects and the way that i changed the filter on the phone i sent a picture to my mom and said well I guess I'm gonna have to go to the hospital and get stitches now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did that to your mom? Oh. She oh. called the school because you're not supposed <laughs> to use your phone. She's calling my phone. I'm not answering my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She's calling the school, freaking out. Where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? And they're like, she's in class. Well, can you go get her? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll pull her from her makeup class because I told him if my mom calls, don't tell her what I'm doing. So I come out of class and I'm all nonchalantly walking up, and the ice had melted already. And I come out and she's like, "Is everything okay?" I was like, "Yeah, why?" She's like, "The picture." It was, it was glorious, and I told her what it was, and then she's just like, "Okay, so what we're gonna do?" Because once I explained to her what I was doing. What I ended up doing is I made it more bloody and I made it more like deep, quote unquote. And I posted it to Facebook and <laughs> the amount of people just was like freaking out. Like, is your mom taking you to the emergency room? No, I'm good. But that's a freaking hole in your arm. I'm good. <laughs> I'm really okay. <laughs> it's but a flesh wound. So... That's like oh, yeah. my favorite thing. Well, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, theater Shakespeare shout out. So yeah, it definitely is uh, definitely my yeah. my wheel, not my wheelhouse, I guess. I'm definitely interested in it, but my buddy Chance is definitely more the nuts and bolts of that argument. Well, then tell him I don't want to hear that argument because I will beat him with a stick. <laughs> you got if you got you got to swim all the way over here first, don't you? So. <laughs> I'll send my friend over to you guys and be like, no, that's not a thing. She'd be like, no, because we were theater geeks together. You can still be a theater geek. And yeah, it's just it's just written by somebody else who, we, who believe in just more of the more of the logistical plausibility of someone being able to write what they did. Um, but once again, yeah, I digress. Um, Fox, can I like reach through this and just be like, Pachow. I'm like <laughs> I mean, if 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 you can, then um... I'll do it energetically. Let's let's do it. No, but um, did you get into how we had synchronicities, hun, in the beginning no, of our not, relationship yet? Not yet. Not yet. Um, oh, you were waiting for me to come. Yeah, that 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 too, and like basically waiting see. for uh, for Brady to like take a breath for more than three seconds. Uh, yeah, I will talk <laughs> like, a lot. Uh, I have a problem, so. <laughs> I do too. I'm very ADD. Um, or as my mom puts it, like, it's the truth. ADD, ooh, something shiny. Yeah. 
Yeah. But um, the synchronicity like thing dog. was crazy. Like, you're like that dog who is just on a walk and sees a squirrel. It's just, oh, you know, doing my thing. That was, that was my that was my dog that passed. That was the dog that passed before us. But the synchronicities thing. Oh. Yeah, they could be a real head trip. And uh, yeah, I've got a little more of this crazy week that I became converted because yeah, I was still I'm still connecting Shakespeare and uh, and the Odin. Uh, uh, imagery here. Hold on, let me send my little son out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids. So we're going to have to talk about our synchronicities because okay. that's going to be like... So, and unfortunately, you're going <sighs> to have to hear one more Shakespeare thing here in a second. So yeah, the same day that I'm finding all about Nash, meaning at an ash and all the Norse sort of uh, connotations or whatever, um, my... My buddy Chance sends me sends me this whole article because uh, what's Shakespeare's name? Well, it's supposed to be William Shakespeare, if you believe the Stratford argument, but Shakespeare, literally to shake a spear. And people will point yeah. that it's like, oh, it's a Diana shout out and whatnot. Uh, uh, Queen Di- or uh, Diana, the uh, maybe it's Athena. I think it's actually Athena. No, it's Diana. She's oh, the goddess Diana? of the hunt. OK. Yeah. And um, and he sends me this whole thing about uh, Odin being called the spear shaker and i see it in different yeah. translations it's called uh Biflindi. it's in the grimmins grimmins mall i think mm-hmm. uh people say it's either shield shield shaker or spear shaker but i have not been able to see any proper etymological breakdown of this word if anything the biffa part at the very beginning has to do with like speech and sound and oratory sort of connotations so i don't mm-hmm. really know where they're getting uh the spear uh or shield breaker or spear shaker part, but I was like, obviously spear shaking kind of definitely makes a lot of sense. And um, the, I, I left a comment on one of Jackson Crawford's video asking for, cause it's just kind of, Oh, Biflindi's sh- shield breaker. And it's like, well, usually break down every other word, but you didn't break down that one. Like, why does that one mean that? Like, I want to know what your sources are exactly for that. So I really want to p- figure out if that's really true or not. But yeah, so he starts making a bunch of weird connections between Odin and Shakespeare uh, not just because of the language thing, not just because of the spear shaking thing, although that's definitely kind of hitting there. And how we also think that Decker and Nash are also a part of it. We also think a lot of people will point out that they think Marlowe's involved with Shakespeare and all that stuff too. Christopher Marlowe, obviously Christopher being Christ, but Marlowe in Old English means driftwood. And I had made the connection later and I was like, oh, that's maybe yeah. another Norse shout out because Odin breathed life into driftwood, right? So I was like, oh, cool. It we're is. just kind of yeah. we're seeing the same things. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully I'm not... Uh, draw or drawing my target around the arrow that I already shot that I'm hopefully like making proper uh, connections there. But yeah, so started seeing a lot of that same stuff and like, Oh, it's kind of interesting, kind of interesting. And I'm a big magic, the gathering fan I already divulged. I was a D and D nerd. Uh, and chance is also one of my other good buddies I play magic with. And so uh, I have some cards here, but anytime like you have a magic card, uh, sometimes we'll just have text at the very bottom. And it's just mm-hmm. like, in-game world stuff it's stuff that references magic's own thing i I have three decks i know what you mean (laughs) oh shout out so check this out okay uh at the same the same week i'm trying to finish my black dragon commander deck that i had had that uh, i've never seen anyone have so i i just traded chance like a couple months ago for the last black rare dragon that i thought was out there so i'm like on this website checking to make sure and it turned out i uh did not have the last one and i see this card it's called even dragon and I was like, oh, I'd never seen that card before. And there was an older version that they had, but uh, they had a newer printed version that was like, you know, foil and shiny. So I was like, oh, that looks cool. So I went and looked it up. And I've never seen this on any other magic card. 
but this magic card has a William Shakespeare quote at the bottom. Some of them do, some of them don't. It just so, depends on where you go. Uh, well, the ones of the, here so in my yeah, state a, have them. Oh, really? So this is yeah, mm-hmm. this is from the from the vault. So it's like its own little special set. But most of the normal sets, they they won't quote. They'll quote from like in game so, their own old game stuff. But this is the only one I've I own that I've seen that actually has a William Shakespeare quote on it, and it says the dragon wing of night. Uh, doth spread over the earth, right? Uh, and it's so from- you're going to love this. This is interesting. So there's a card shop here in town. Um, I don't divulge on where because of privacy, but here in town, we have a shop that's owned by a pro who goes to tournaments, who knows the ins and outs. And he says, when you see those quotes on there, that means it's a collector's one because the artist of that card, that's the ones that they sign. Mm. so it's like a collector's one yeah this is like a special printing i think this is they have an older version of this card but so then... that's when you go to the like um what is it now my brain just plinked when you go to the comic cons and stuff like that with magic the gathering it's because those are the ones that they sign oh okay okay gotcha um but yeah that's so what it's he got told us a troilus uh the the quote is from troilus and Cressetta. And we actually just published a video on uh, what's called the Henslow Diary. The Henslow Diary is uh, this guy who owned a theater, and it's essentially all of his logs for what play was playing that night, sometimes who wrote it, uh, how much did he pay for it, or how much money did it make. And it's, it's, it's a useful tool for people that question the Shakespeare authorship because it predates Shakespeare. Uh, he doesn't appear anywhere in it. And you'll have a bunch of his play names uh, but they won't. Sometimes it'll be a play by written by someone else, and or they won't have the author there. Uh, even though apparently during those time periods, it's it's attested that he was not working, so they're not supposed to be by him. So instead of like King Lear, you'll have the tragedy of King Lear, and it, it'll be by somebody else, or they won't have the author, even though Shakespeare is not supposed to be working there. Or uh, and they'll have um, uh, taming of a shrew instead of taming of the shrew. Uh, just a bunch of like stuff like that. Uh, the, the tragedy of Julius Caesar, the tragedy of uh, the tragedy of Hamlet. Um, or and so at best Shakespeare is either just straight up ripping off some of these dudes stuff. Yeah, or Macbeth again, too. Uh, I think they have tragedy of Macbeth. I'd have to be sure. Uh, but sometimes they have the author's names in there. So I kind of get goosebumps and I'm like, Oh God, what if Thomas Decker, I'm just now looking at this card again. I'm thinking about William Shakespeare and Odin, Odin a lot. I go to chance. I'm like, all right, who go to the, go to the Henslow diary. Is Troilus and Cressetta in there? Yes, it is. Um, we don't have that copy of Troilus and Cressetta, so we can compare. Be like, did Shakespeare rip this off? It's like, we don't know. We don't have it, so they'll tell you no. But you, know, you you take that. You can make that assertion. But uh, so we go and look at it. Troilus and Cressetta is written by Thomas Decker, who once again we also believe is Thomas Nash, right? Um, so yeah, just seeing like the same synchros like over and over again during that same week, and so it's like almost like Odin reaching out, like punching me, like pay attention to me, like. I'm here. Like, I'm trying to like, you know, I've been fucking sending dudes at the alcohol store to like get you to talk to me. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so yeah. And then I, I, so I'm talking to chance. And so we're talking about this. I show my cousin, my cousin Colby Thomas, Colby Thomas Nash. Uh, I'm like, so I showed this card. It was, it was on my phone. I hadn't bought this card yet. It's a very unique one. Uh, you know, it's a black dragon with like a tight blue beam or right? an orange kind of background i don't know if you think of dragons like i don't know if a black one comes to your mind or a tight blue godzilla beam 
for his breath weapon. It's, I don't know, it's not the usual sort of like imagery of a dragon, maybe not the first or second one, right? Um, so I'm showing this to Colby, talking like, look, Troilus and Crescenta, look, Thomas Decker, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, like, I've like seen this image. Like, I sent you like a video of this like two days ago. And I was like, what the fuck? No, you didn't. Uh, he's like, yeah, dude, yeah, I did. Um, he sent me, I don't know if there's a way to show you on my computer. I don't know if there's a screen sharing way to do this. Um, is yes, there, like a, there is, uh, is a screen share. If you go, yeah, present, and then uh, at the very bottom, it says screen share. Um, so he he's like, yeah, dude, like I like sent you this card. Or, like I sent you something like about this card. I was like, no way, dude. Like I just found this. Like what are you talking about? He sent me a scene from uh there's a show on amazon it's called vox machina it's the DD show it's there's a famous people that did the DD like live stream and then they've actually done an animation like for their campaign like on amazon now or whatever um so he sends me like a little he he had sent me this clip like in text messages and i usually read everything he sends me and somehow like this one missed me i don't know how um so i'll see if i can turn it on here it's like a it's a really really quick video it's like a a, a here we go. Da, 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 da. Yeah, this one. So if you, I'll pause uh, it on the uh, the poignant yeah. parts. Your Dragon, blah, 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 blah. But it's black. And then he lights up. And no fire beam, whatever. And then... Ooh. So yeah, blue. black dragon, tight blue beam, orange background of... Like I said, that exact same card. I wish I could, yeah, show you the uh, my screen, uh, my card at the same time. But I don't know if anyone wants to make the claim that this is very similar to that card I just showed you. You know, just yeah, the Godzilla type blue beam, which I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Like I was obsessed with Godzilla as a kid. Um, <laughs> Black dragon, orange background, and uh, I'll figure out how to stop share the screen. Yeah, in case you didn't see, it's like the exact same image. Yeah, right. It's like so we're kind of getting to that precognition thing again. Like you know. Uh, and and whatnot, and Odin's very much also kind of got that precog element too, because he obviously knows the doom of the gods at the end of time or at, at, at Ragnarok, right? Um, so that's so that's so we're still sort of playing with those same motifs over and over again. And uh, for the end of that week, I yeah, I I essentially did some drugs uh, as in a I was responsible adult. I did I did a little mead ceremony, so yeah, I did some like camping out in my own backyard. I have like a little one acre property, so. You know, my cousin, we we're doing walk workouts. I carved like Odin into the tree or whatnot. And I kind of had that revelation, like during this whole thing of like, I carved like, you know, this, it's the, it's, it's Odin. And he's kind of got those like horned uh, helmet sort of thing. And then they'll say it's like Hugin and Munin on his head. There's some of the old the uh, days of the helm and whatnot. Yeah. And so I carved that into my tree. And so we're out there just chilling by a fire one night all night. And I kind of had this like revelation of my whole conspiracy background at the same time being like, this is like what they defiled. Like, this is what they took from us is like us just chilling out here, have a good time. And yeah, we've got this like horned horned dude, like on our tree. And like, they're like, you're worshiping the devil. Like you're worshiping the bad stuff. And they've sort of taken all this sort of like context from us. And so that was like my full conversion, like in that moment of like, dude, like this is like hitting me here. Like, this is what I'm trying to find. Right. It's just like my, my last name yeah. means something to me now. It, it has like all this, like, you know, now I kind of feel like I get to be a part of something else. Cause you know, I'm texting, you know, there's enough American history to kind of go back to, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's whatever. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't hit the same way as like, there's a reason why my, my last name is carried on this long uh, up to this point. And so, yeah, because people cared about what it meant at a certain point. So now I care a lot about what it means. Um, so yeah, just kind of being able to like fully embrace like what all that stuff means. And then I remember the next day, 
I was hoping my 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 wife's grandmother move into her like new little apartment. I'm listening to a po- I was listening to uh, I don't know if you ever watch him on YouTube, uh, Ari Theriger. Yeah, love and, him. Uh, oh yeah, shout out to someone who made an Odin and Thor deck. I have uh, the Odin deck that's, up here too. That's that's um, actually Zerulath, of course. He's the oh, one. Oh yeah, shout out, dude. There you go. Oh man, we gotta have yeah <laughs> magic stream one day. But, uh, so I have so. an angel deck. So that's what's so funny is you guys are talking about this, and I have an angel deck. Yeah, shout out. My deck is like my. I kind of sell magic cards on the side, so I got a bunch of magic cards all over here. But so uh, I'm actually trying to sell mine, so I'll talk to you about that later. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I sell all my on Etsy. But um, so I uh, I was listening to Ari Herriger's podcast, and he has a uh, an episode that's called Paganism versus Heathen uh, Heathenism, and he's just yeah. diving into a lot of the etymological breakdown of those words. That's where word alert pagan means pagani, paganos, and whatnot, and all the uh, yeah. connections that you made earlier about living outside the city walls. And that's when he talked about um, heathen being from the word heather or heather. And I was like, I had just learned that word from being Brand McMorn, right? And I was like, oh shit, like I just learned that word. And like now I'm putting it into context again or whatever, right? Uh, people will often say they get into paganism or heathenry because of Conan too, uh, just like D&D too. People get into D&D because yeah. of Conan or vice versa sometimes. Um, so obviously I'm, I'm very stereotypical in that regard, I guess. But uh, um and no, I mean, the, like the the D and D to paganism or the Conan to paganism pipeline is very much a real thing. Like we just, you know, speaking of synchronicities, uh, we just recently actually um, kind of spoke about that in the tribe. Like, what was your thing that you know got you into paganism? For a lot of people, it is, um, you know, it is Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Um, for some people, it was more. It was my Native um, American heritage that brought me. Oh, cool. Yeah, and for some people, it's actually music. You know, the more kind of the uh, the old school Viking metal bands. So um, this is how I was. Like, I grew up in it. Like, if you listen to the first one or the second one, Meet the Fru, it kind of goes into how I came into it. And what's interesting is I actually grew up to going to powwows and sweat lodges. And... Oh. Yeah, because I'm native, so it was pretty just like, you know, that piece of something that I always tell people, like, what do you follow? What Pantheon? What like this, that? And it's like, I don't follow anything. I just follow the drum beats to my heart. And that's the best way I can describe it. And that's where, like, with Fox, we were able to talk about our faith and like he's been able to get me to the point where i'm just like yeah i'm pagan screw it yeah you know he's helped me and that's no and that's what's the fun part with our relationship and i want to go into the synchronicities because like i've been dying to talk about it um with us ever since like day one wasn't it hun like we've had synchronicities up down this yeah. way over here diagonal this way backwards forwards i mean um what's interesting and, is and, and if we haven't seen any in a while and you know we're just like oh you know it's it's been a it's while tame. since we saw something and all of a sudden bam. Uh, yeah all of a sudden the universe is like so, so, sorry say what <laughs> okay here and here and here like you have a synchronicity and you get a synchronicity and you get like several synchronicities you know all of a sudden so what well, was turning interesting into right. so um i used to play football in high school back when i was in high school and um i injured my left knee and 
Fox and I started talking and it was, you know, it was getting cold. This is like when we first started dating, you know, things were still relatively new and Mm -hmm. my knee started hurting because like, that's how I know fall or winter's coming. And I started rubbing my knee and I was like, gosh, my knee is hurting and it's swelling up. And he's like, babe, which one is hurting? And I said, my left. He's like, oh, no way. What did you do? And then I explained back when I was 15, when I was on the varsity team of football in high school, I ended up getting hurt and I never got it checked. And he's like, oh, dude, no way. I hurt my knee when I was 15. So it's like the fact that Uh, I was was not 13. You were 13. Yeah, 12, 12, 13 and never got it. And it was either. And it's actually it was the fact that it was the same around the same time period of us hurting our knees and we hadn't even known each other at that point and it's like you know and then um when we first started dating like there were these little things that would happen over here or it would happen over there first yeah and then I tell him like when I first woke up and I'm like oh my god you're not gonna believe what happened and then he just kind of look at me like with a blank stare on his face and it's like can you repeat that? And I would tell him and he's like, well, you're going to laugh at this one. (laughs) It was just like the same thing happened to him earlier that day. Yeah. Or, you know, I just give you the the very typical me answer of, oh, well, let me guess this and that happens. Don't you know? (laughs) Well, because like that just happened over here too. (laughs) And it would be funny. Even our kids would do it. Like his son would do something and then, when we'd wake up, my son would do it. And it's like, huh? <laughs> How? Yeah. Or even like just the fact that, um, was it like the summer before we started dating? My parents were on vacation in your in area. In the same area. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it, and it, it was they, funny. They were actually might... wanting to come south to where I am. They wanted to travel south to my city and well, something kinda, ended up happening. They went further up north. Yeah. Like kind of ran out of time or whatever, but you know, they actually may have been at the same place at the same time at a given moment. And maybe not, said hello in passing. Not knowing who the other one was until like, you know, the next year or and it was funny kind of like when um, I met his parents because I was like super nervous. I was like, you oh, know, yeah. what if they don't like me? Like, you know, the first jitters about everything. I met his mom and I met his dad and then I met his sister. His brother was very, very shy. So he didn't really, I didn't really say hi or say much to him. And then once he went home that night, I was like, "Hun, did your parents ever travel to my area by chance and then that's when i found out about their trip to my capital yeah that's pretty wild yeah waiting for when you're in like yeah i looked at this photograph when i was a kid and then he was in the background or whatever right but that's where uh, it's hard because oh we're, we're um, still waiting on that one too yeah right? like <laughs> now that i just announced it yeah now you'll find it so <laughs> oh, oh yeah for like just uh on, like a random Vacation or a photo, photo of like my, of, my of a family Facebook member with photo, his family yeah. member, but yeah, you that's know, the so, funny part too like that, because um, 
now now you're putting it out there and now I'm it's just gonna happen conv- yeah yeah happen. now i'm convinced that that photo like exists yeah yeah somewhere we definitely, yeah we definitely manifested it here good job Tribe. <laughs> uh. but that's like the funniest part is like i happened to ask him and then like back when i was opening a my third restaurant here in town um for my anniversary our anniversary i was kind of i was feeling down and depressed because you know i missed him we weren't celebrating it together and i asked the universe please just send me something just send me something and i turn around and i hear an accent and i was like i know this accent i know this accent where do i know this accent from like i'm thinking where do i know this from And so I took their order. We started talking and the lady who was with her parents were all from the Netherlands. The creepy part is the girl who's sitting with her parents works with somebody with the same last name as Fox. Oh man. Yeah. What's even creepier. What's even creepier is the day before they flew in, Fox was at the airport. Yeah. The place that he was standing and showing me everything and where he was showing me, I was talking about like the shops and stuff that they were like he was showing me in the airport. They were in that same area at that same exact time in those shops. Damn. That's freaking creepy. Freaking and cool, what's even but... creepier is <laughs> they initially were not wanting to go to that restaurant. They were actually wanting to go somewhere else. And what's creepy is they said to themselves, I want to go here. And what's even creepier, they were celebrating her parents' anniversary, Mm. which is our anniversary. Mm. Dang, yeah, you really got an answer, didn't you? (laughs) Damn, that's pretty crazy. So then I called Fox and I texted him. I was like, you're not going to believe this. And he's like, what? And I told him everything down to... The fact that this lady worked with somebody with his last name. He was like... Well, like, sp- spelled a little differently. No, no, it's... it was the same. No, you, you... No, you. she misspelled it. It was the same. Okay, well, it's, but, like, for as far as I know, it's not, like, direct family. No, I look, I looked the dude up. It's, it's... His last name was spelled a little differently. Like, instead of an A, it was, like, A-E or whatever. But it was the sheer um, fact. And yeah. So, yeah, what's so even like, freakier he is, is her he is family mom. just an, an mm-hmm. offshoot of the family. Well, and what's even creepier is the fact that she didn't grow up in the city that Stein resides in now. No. She grew up in the Tulip region where his parents used to live. The, That's where uh, she grew the, up. The, the flower bulb region yeah where all the, the pretty flowers grow but and that was like the, the biggest are. that was like the biggest slap in the face by the universe I have ever had and have not had one that big since it was just the sheer fact that I literally told him to stop and see what number we were on for like the parking area and what's interesting is they were in that same row and then I found out that when he turned the camera to show me like the area, the car that he stopped on was their car. Oh damn. That's creepy. That's crazy. 
Yeah. But super cool though at the same time. Like, yeah, this but is But here's exactly... the thing. Like we have not been able to get our sinks to stop. Cause like the moment that we sit there and say, Okay, are you guys done? We're slapped like, no. left and right, up down, sideways, diagonal, this way. It's like Yeah. We it's can't like... say anything. Because <laughs> it's like, no, it's like what what do you mean you're done? Like here's double the amount. Mm-hmm. It's like here's more. Okay. Sorry for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, it's maybe it harkens crazy. to I talked about that word karas with one of my other synchros and karas meaning like your group of like destiny bound people, like people yeah. you will oh, be Oh, we always we've with. had like kind of oh, that we've had many many past lives together. Many. Because yeah. we both have done regression and we've had many and what's interesting is we did one and I found out that there was going to be a very close connection. And I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm not going to be put in that same place as that person. So, nope. I'm done. I'm done with Europe. I'm coming to the States. Bye. Good luck finding me. <laughs> yeah. But then I still, you know, got here into Europe in, in, in the Netherlands and you know, now she's over there and I'm over here. So, but it's, it's mean, still funny because, like, <laughs> you know, I still have to deal with that person. Yeah. And it's just like, just, just not directly. Like I was supposed to. I mean, I don't want to go into details because I know YouTube will flag us if I say it, but basically, um, in the past life, I caused something and I'll post it in the, private chat but i basically caused something and now i still have to directly deal with her and it's like oh yeah because you know now that person is the mother of my children um, and she doesn't need to know how that connects oh see we're hitting something mm-hmm. yeah that always happens like interesting the yeah, yeah it's pretty weird timing yeah but that's like the thing remember too, I always where... say, what i love it's to say weird. is what are the chances and if you remember what my best friend's name is <laughs> so i love and that's why i love DD yeah. so much because it's a game well, of chance like you don't know what the heck's gonna happen sometimes and i love rolling the dice and taking the chance what's you know? so funny is because here's another sink that i just thought of so oh, back when i was a military spouse we would have beer steins full of Hennessy, Hennessy whiskey, and Dutch whiskey, and <laughs> we'd have a Wait. little bit of Coke. And look what his name is. Yeah, and I do, I do love a good beer. So yeah. <laughs> with Coke. <no. laughs> oh, oh just... no, dude, no, come on. <laughs> Uh, but it's I'm, just I'm, that I'm sheer a heathen, fact. not a barbarian. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that's like the sheer fact that like there's little synchronicities that we've had our whole lives. Well, little synchronicities, honey. Like from day one, it's been nothing but synchronicities. But that's the funny thing too, and then this is the funnest one. So when we first were together, he was working at a beach club. And I know who this lady is by chance. This is the funny part. I know who this lady is. 
he was working in a beach club and one of the chefs and him were talking and she's like yeah i used to live in and the funny part is i know who exactly she is because i've met her at the grocery store selling the product that she used to sell yeah you know and he was working with her her own used to have her own business came from south america met her husband moved to uh to to colorado springs lived there for a bit then came to the netherlands and ended up working at the same beach club i was working at that summer also as one of the cooks of course dang but it's like in my area i don't live in that area but i live close enough that she's up and down she was up and down the front range so everyone know who she was because her stuff became so famous yeah and so you know first she meets her and then i meet her like at <laughs> dude that's it's, pretty it's, bizarre it's even just with other people Weird. like we yeah yeah literally i mean like we we synchronize on other people on meeting other people and they are in no way involved in our lives except for like that moment and um, what's even funnier is that um when we first were together he pronounced my first name correctly and pronounced my last name correctly <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're they're both, I know they're very, both european yeah but it was you were so utterly shocked by it it was so funny because i've it's never like, heard no, it nobody got that right the first time and i was like well they're very european sounding i'm as European as can get. I'm Germanic AF, you know, six foot blonde hair, blue eyes. Hi. Baby, I know you in past lives. Like, I was going to get wrong. But, <laughs> but that's like the funny thing, too, Just where it's like, it, you know? <laughs> oh, you've always flexed on, flexed on it. But that's like oh, yeah. the weird part, too, is like the other day, um, I was just, you know, thinking of how much I miss a certain landmark in my area. And the next thing I know, he sends me a video of that same place. And I was like. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I even um, yesterday I did a pre-recorded podcast. I never do pre-recorded, but with uh, Fiona Edgar. And uh, I have had her, uh, her co-host from her podcast, Tina, uh, on mm. as well. Um. Both have very similar stories with uh, dolmens and, you know, the power of the dolmens, just one being in Northern Ireland and one uh, Belgian born now living with her husband and newborn uh, in Italy. And it just so happens that um, that's this weekend. I will be in the UK for the Mysterious Earth Conference, also kind of focusing on the dolmens and those mm. energies and those kind of powerful like... stones and also like that was the tri the, the trifecta to complete it you know first it was tina with her adventures and her experiences in italy then uh i got invited by a a podcaster friend of uh of ours actually uh generally from subconscious serums what up lee um and you know now fiona edgar who is tina her 
co-hosts on you know their podcast also talking about a experience with the dolman and i'm like okay okay yeah sure you know like why not just give it I a little like go. content actually shots yeah she, oh she's she's a good one like she um which reminds me i still need to get um thomas back on uh thomas sheridan i will babe don't worry um and uh it's funny yeah because you say dolman and i don't know why that word was on my mind too because i I have um, some rpg rules um they just released their they started their kickstart but the name of their game is called dolman wood and i was like i don't know if this is going to come up but i'll go ahead and exit because i don't feel like a nerd but uh, (laughs) (laughs) you're a nerd um, um uh, I got to go here in like the next 15 minutes, but I want to leave with my last story. Cause yeah, we're still, I'm still on this like timeline of like catching up to now. And it's just so bizarre, dude. Like, Oh, sure. I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I was supposed to do, um, I, I do have another show tonight and I was supposed to be on like 30 minutes ago. Oh yeah. Uh, I already sent him an email like, Hey, sorry, bro. Like the other one's running late. Um, just cause fire fate decided what? to show her butt up late. <laughs> Yeah, and then we got into the whole synchronicity thing. And, All relevant. You know, All relevant. He, oh, yeah, it is. It is. Um, but that's like the funny thing is like we've had a, mem- uh, a guest and she and I are like, I don't know if you've seen the show Wednesday. Uh, I watched a little bit of my wife. Wednesday. So. Yeah. So she's <laughs> outwardly Wednesday and inwardly Enid. I'm outwardly Wednesday, or no, it, outwardly Enid, inwardly, or it's the opposite. It's some way. It's one of those two. Brenda <laughs> from uh, from Horrifying History. Like, yeah, she we is. bonded. Oh, God. Yeah. Like crazy. Fox literally was able to say two sentences before the girls took over yeah like it was a two and a half hour show and i was involved in maybe 10 minutes Mm -hmm. of those um i mean same thing when we had uh jewel on right jewel cavazos when um when brenda uh co-hosted i should have oh my god she fangirled like three gals, all in, you know, two of them very much into the spooky shit. One of um, one of the three gals actually being a horror actress. I was like, yeah, okay, this is just like they're gonna take over, and I've just gotta, I don't know, I'll just do my thing, edit we'll the tags, and uh, yeah, you know, and kind of do the the behind the scenes stuff, look up some things. I'll just be like more in the, the producer role than actually hosting it because it's, it's going to get taken over anyway. Um, I mean, I should have known, especially, you know, um, asking Brenda uh, on again. But, you know, I was like, oh, okay, speaking of the cat. Yeah, whoops, my bad. <laughs> Timmy? Yeah? Good play. No, but, you know, especially asking Brenda on and how close uh, her and uh, Firefly, my wife, have gotten. And then with a legit horror actress, I was like, okay, this is going to be another one of those shows where I'm barely involved in. Um, Well, and then they got onto some topics that I'm very touchy with. And that's mm -hmm. where 
um, with serial you-know-whats. We're not going to mm. say the name because of YouTube because I don't need to be flagged. Um, well, honey, we got onto know, that. You know I don't care, but okay. I do. I'm being very I careful. Um, they got onto that topic, and um, I'm very particular on how I like my true crime. Mm-hmm. I'm very particular. I'm not the kind of girl who needs to see pictures, videos, interviews, this, that. I don't need to see it. I am a Bailey Saren girl. I love her makeup <laughs> videos. You and my wife would get along then. Woo! But that's the thing where it's like, she does it so beautifully well that it doesn't trigger my empathy and it doesn't trigger the gifts that I've been given to by the gods. It doesn't trigger it, you know, because like with the other ones like Dateline, um, America's Most Wanted, you know how it goes into all those details of it and like the movies on them and the shows. For whatever reason, those things trigger it. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't. She does it in such a way that's gentle. Yeah, she's able to kind of crack her little jokes in there and whatnot and kind of lighten some of the uh, the contents. Well, she does it in such a way. Like, the funny thing that I like is when she's like, it was very suspicious. (laughs) And it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Or um, my favorite is... um, he was being a bit naughty and it's like oh jesus <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like i think she just she does it in such a way that it doesn't traumatize people yeah and that's the thing that happened with that series on netflix with you know who the latest one mm. yeah which there was a big controversy over and that's where I had a coworker here in town. She's like, are you going to watch it? And I said, no. She's like, oh, well, me and my kids have watched it now three times each. And this last one, when the scene of him eating a liver came on, I gave my kids chicken liver. With fava beans and a nice Chianti? Yeah. Uh, no, wait. That's, I'm, I'm thinking of another movie. Uh. <laughs> but it was just a little, like... A weird. And then, you Not know, in a cool, weird way. Oh, I know. When the lotto was high like it was, she asked what I would do. And I said, I would probably invest it and open my own business and, you know, buy some land and be able to put tiny homes on for me, my sister, and my mom and have land. And she's like, oh, that's cool. This is what I would do. I would make a have a private beach and put all of those people who are deranged and all of that and those kind of people and put them on an island and watch them go at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's... it's just like, you're looking at her like, you there... okay in the head there? There are two different kinds of people. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, she said this in front of a customer too. And the customer's like, okay, I, I, I have to go now. I, I need my purchases and I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah, you always get into just just weird stuff. I mean like literally and and figuratively like weird with the you know with the Y and the EI. The fact that her six year old daughter was watching those kind of shows. Yeah, that's 
a little, yeah, a little uh, disconcerting. But uh, um, here, like I said, I got to dodge here in just a little bit, but I'm going to finish up with my last little story here. Um, yes. I'll have to talk about myself, of course, as you can tell. Um, but if you remember, <laughs> this, this story started with this dude. Right. It started mm-hmm. with Brian McMoran. So learn the word Heath and obviously I'd already been reading Conan, uh, but got into it. And so he's the king of the picks. So that I'm talking about that same week, the same week that I did that, my trip or whatever. The next day when I was learning what the word heathen and pagan meant or the etymology uh, and the history of those words, I was helping my wife's grandmother move into her like old folks home. And, you know, being the 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 miscreant that I am, uh, I was, you know, carrying a bunch of stuff in, but I see this like Celtic cross that someone had like put on the lawn. So I'm like, ha oh, I'm heathen. So I like turned the Celtic cross like upside down and it would just be a little jackass. <laughs> right. Uh, but I got, I got my just desserts because later on um, uh, a few, like literally like a week later, I was looking more into the pics. Cause I was like, oh, I just didn't really know much about him looking them up. The Celtic cross that I had turned upside down was actually called a Pictish cross. It's actually what they're called too. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Uh, and then my mom sends me her DNA test and she's like, look, I did my DNA test. And like, I'm all Scottish. So like I knew my grandmother was all Scottish, but my dad's side's like way more Scottish too. And so I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know we were this Scottish or whatever. So like her grandma is like a straight immigrant or whatever. And they're from Isle of Skye, supposedly and whatnot. Um, so I was like, oh damn, like I'm reading about the pics and like, maybe I'm part pick. Like, that's kind of cool. Right. Um, so yeah, looking into all this stuff and, um, uh, I was listening to a video on the pics. And during this thing, he's talking about all these different king hero, warrior hero kings. And all of a sudden, he started saying, he started saying, oh, King uh, uh, Bride, Bride, King Bride, King Bride. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. That kind of sounds like my name. Like, it's kind of weird. And so I look it up. You hear, it's spelled two different ways, either Brude, B-R-U-D-E, or B-R-I-D-E-I. Uh, you, you, I see him interchangeably all the time, either Brude or Bride. Um, so and I was like, oh, it kind of sounds said- like my name. You said Isle of Sky. That's where Isle of Sky, where my my mom's my mom's mom's side is from. Okay, it's a so, beautiful area. This is their flag. Um, it's the Celtic if you turn cross. it upside it's down, the, it's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Pictish it's the Pictish cross and a longboat, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have um, to have the longboat. Yeah, so of course. I, uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, damn, like, that's kind of crazy. Maybe I'm like, you know, Park Pictures or whatever. And then, yeah, so I listen to the history of the picks, and they start saying the name, uh, oh, Brude McBilly, Brude McBilly, or Brude McBilly, Brude McBilly. And I was like, is that, is like, that's kind of sounds like the name Brady. I was like, I wonder if there's any, you know, if there's any connection with it or whatever, right? So um, I go and look it up, and so they're talking about this dude named, um, uh, yeah, Brude McBilly, or, uh, and he's like a dude who was involved with, like, pushing back the romans i think is the time period they think he's from kind of like with brand yeah. mcmoran and then so we might be related <laughs> oh yeah oh dude you're uh, gonna secret blow our minds out and so i'm looking this up and then it turns out like so here's the double crazy thing so my name brady does come from the name bride or brude and then it turned mm-hmm. out that Brand McMoran is based on that dude. He is based on Brede <laughs> MacBilly. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm reading like a dude, you know, because I had seen the BRA and I'm like, oh yeah, BRA names, right? Uh, but then it turns out this dude is named on where my name comes from. It's like, what the fuck? My mom, of course, like doesn't know any of this shit. And so, yeah, she was like, oh, I saw your name in a book and I thought it was cool. Um, and then <laughs> there's also an earlier uh, King Brede, okay? And this is where it comes to my own childhood. Remember I said I was a big Godzilla fan? 
And yeah. before I was conspiracy theorist as like a kid, maybe this is like conspiracy light, but I was like obsessed with the Loch Ness monster. Like I could not Love get enough of the Loch Ness monster. I was like, dude, I, I had like multiple VHS tapes recorded of like documentaries. I would go to the library, check out books on cryptids just to read about the Loch Ness monster. Obsessed yeah, with the shit. They're going to just be best friends right now. Except oh, for the gosh. Shakespeare thing. Come on, man. Just come on. <laughs> oh, never. And so I'm looking it up. There's a dude. Uh, and here's it comes into some pagan elements, too, which is I find really fascinating. There's a guy named Berday MacMelcon. He was king of the Picts during uh, like the fours or maybe it was like four or five hundreds. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a castle on Loch Ness. The of famous course. story of this dude named St. Columbo. Uh, he's kind of like a very much St. Patrick kind of kind of figure. He mm. goes out to the Picts to try to convert the Picts from paganism to Christianity. And this story is apparently is the first attestation of the appearance of the Loch Ness monster. St. Columbo comes from Ireland or whatever, traveling up to, to go meet the Picts. He's traveling along Loch Ness and he sees like a group of pagans hoping, having uh, like a funeral. And him and his monks go over there and like, oh, what are y'all doing? And they're like, oh, our, our friend over here just got like killed by this lake monster. And he's like, oh, lake monster. Like, I'll get rid of him. So he like sends out a monk to go swim out there and they bait the monster out. And he's like, oh, God tells you to go away. So and the lake monster like runs away and it doesn't he doesn't kill it, but it like leaves. OK, um, and what? then he goes on and tries to convince King Brady, King Brady uh, about converting to Christianity. And apparently there's a battle between the Druid Brokan. Uh, which is Brude's uh, Druid and hit and St. Columbo doing like weather magic battles or some shit. Um, most of the stories don't really say that Columbo's like successful. Um, and it's, you know, just kind of watered down, but it's very much, I would say like the story of St. Patrick chasing out the snakes, which will be in just being a metaphor for the pagan symbology, the, they're all their stuff. And it's the same thing. It's like, he's telling their big lake monster uh, to go away. And if anyone ever looks up into picture symbols, um, they have this very enigmatic symbol that's called the uh, the Pictish beast because a lot of the other ones, you know, you can kind of tell it's you know it's a wolf, it's a deer, it's a fish, but then they have this thing right here, this one right here that's on many of their standing stones, and mm-hmm. no one can Turn really it the other way real quick. See this if one. it looks like Nessie. It yeah, this does right kind of look like Nessie. And so people will tell that its feet kind of looks like clouds. There's a few different iterations of this thing. And it's got this weird sure. uh, like antenna thing here on top. Like uh, no one's able to tell what this the hell this thing is. Like everything else they can kind of tell what it is. But yeah, this, this looks strange like somebody symbol. is being possessed, to be honest. And so yeah, obviously here's like the fish and some of these other ones are their other um, uh, symbols. So the Z rods. I had wondered if this connected with Jimmy Page's uh, like Zoso symbol from led zeppelin's uh album four and oh, another one sure dude an, he an, he bought the um symbols was it it's an no, alchemical he, book he bought the house on yes he um, bought the house on loch ness that was owned yeah. by alistair crowley who was doing crowley, his weird yeah, his weird yeah, magic yeah. in it and apparently alistair had to like stop his ritual in the middle of it and people yeah. will say that after he like left the house the house was haunted and the weird shit started happening in Loch Ness and that's when they say that a lot of the modern sightings of the Loch Ness monster started happening again yeah so you guys are I know you have to go Brady but there's one more thing I wanted to say what uh, I love is I found this um interesting thing for St. Patrick's Day as somebody who's pagan as someone who's Irish the reason why I celebrate St. Patrick's Day is not because of what St. Patrick's did. 
It is for the sheer fact that I celebrate for the ones he did not mm. kill. Yeah, definitely. I celebrate Rose. them. Yeah, snubbing your nose uh, celebration there. Yeah, I definitely like it. And uh, to kind of go back to St. Patrick too, because they think some people will say this Colombo is just based on St. Patrick. Similar story set up. They'll, but they'll point out to some of the older Irish myths that they think mm-hmm. St. Patrick kind of is based on or stolen from because there's a bunch one, there's a bunch of locks all over Scotland. And so a bunch of these mm-hmm. locks have their own lock this monster. And like, I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a actually of- one here too. We actually have our own version of it and like Lake Champlain in the States mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And um, I, the, uh, the Ogopogo up in British Columbia. And then, so I was looking into these Irish myths and so St. Patrick uh, is maybe based on this one older, older, older pagan Irish myth of this dude going out to one of these lakes and slaying some giant serpent monster. And guess who's the name of this uh, supposed like ancient Irish um, hero guy? His name is Conan. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so obviously you can kind of tell where Robert's like reading a lot of this stuff or whatnot. And I had actually yeah. gone to the Robert E. Howard Museum earlier this year. I was wearing this like girls like it's like a it's like what Clint Eastwood wears in the movies where he's got like a poncho, you know, with the Native American designs on it. I was wearing mm. my wife's and it, she's like, you look like a girl. You look, you're wearing girls outfits. <laughs> um, so I'm like, well, baby, like Odin wears girl outfits. I can do that if I want. But I go to this. Uh, I go to Robert. Just Howard's embracing your Dave, take his exactly. advice. Take his advice. <clears throat> and wear a girl's clothing. Hell no. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So yeah, um, I went to his uh, his museum and there's like a picture of him like wearing the exact same kind of like looking poncho that I was wearing. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then it turned out that he may have actually been to Galveston at some points. I just found out that recently that he may have actually been there and like he actually may be present in like some of the scenes in like the book I've written. I was like, well, dude, that's freaking weird because I did I never anticipated him to actually be in Galveston. And I had actually based on some of my uh underwritings of the book it's never explicitly stated but i was like i'm gonna pretend in this book even though it kind of reads like it's all real i'm gonna pretend that like in my mind it's in the subtext that like conan's world is real or something that there's like a dark atlantis that's lingering in the background and permeating everything or whatnot but i was never gonna like say that or whatever it's just in my own my own head canon as i was writing the thing that turns out like conan may have been in galveston in like the exact same time period that i'm like <laughs> writing about um so yeah that's like that's pretty much the whole uh finishing story of like yeah the names i've got more mini synchro stories like sprinkling out there but i was trying to keep it brief as best as i could but yeah just language and words and just yeah the the revolution completing of circles completing like you know uh experience i'm experiencing here at time x and then until time y then i experience it again and whatnot and so and i often think of like magic as a sort of like aimed synchronicity like you're doing something here so you can have an effect here a sort of a meaningful effect or circumstance sure. right so it's almost yeah. like setting it up and maybe sort of controlling that phenomena in some degree and maybe that's why you see 666 and their numerology stuff everywhere because like there is a potency to using those those tools in that sense and making it meaningful it's like oh i see 666 here here because i put it on purpose so i can see 666 here again with the circumstance that i want to happen or whatever number that you've got cooked up i would i would would rationalize i guess or theorize i mean that yeah oh i never actually looked at it that way but that does that really makes sense it's just you know making sure that you know the future or possible future synchronizes as well with you know with what you want with your intent with your yeah oh shit dude that's a good one and I think of, uh, and I, once I started getting way more into the Norse mythology, I just thought the Norns 
weaving the weird web was one of the best sort of like uh representations of synchronicity because it's like it's like when i'm in the synchro it's like i'm almost like on one of these threads of the cross threads being able to see up and down where they connect with all the other threads at the same time so like being aware of the interconnectedness of the whole thing so yeah i like comparing weird web with synchronicity at the same time uh, in my mind yeah um, no uh, dude that is very much connected of course you know um weird is you know it is destiny it is you know the the threats intertwined interwoven so yeah of course synchronicities are gonna happen which are the uh you know those are the points where the threats come together those are you know the synchronicity points if you will and it's it's the same thing with why you um you always find the people you connect well you connect most at you know places that you can't reach at the moment because it's that that net laying over the earth and you know those are the connection points and it's the thread running between the two of you that mm -hmm. you know connects you it's just you know sometimes i do wish that the, the holes of that net were a little smaller so that people would be a little closer but hey you know it is what it is i guess mm -hmm. um but yeah, dude, keeping it brief, like we're two hours 15 in. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean brief? <laughs> this is brief. God damn. Um, but yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Uh, is there anything that you, uh, that you want to plug? I mean, you keep talking about your book. Um, is it written yet? Is it published? Dude, like I would show you, it's like journals and journals and like pages and pages and doc i'll finish it one day but it's like my magnum <laughs> opus of like but it's like oh, i can't i never right. felt i could finish it until i could figure out what was going on here so i've only figured out a lot of the stuff this year so i can feel like i can kind of uh you know kind of tie up the way that i want to put it in the middle because like, I've, I've just written so much of this crap and like it's it's driving me insane but um uh, one day i'll finish it but until then definitely check out my youtube channel with my buddy chance um apocalypsis historia a-p-o-k-a-l-u-p P I S S I S. So sorry for making y'all learn Greek. Uh, yeah, my bad. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, no, it's, but, yeah. it's okay. I have it uh, linked in the description box down below. Of course, I have you uh, tagged in the description box uh, down below because that's now a feature on YouTube as well. I was going to tag you in the description, but then we're in the, um, the headline, I should say, but then the headline was, you know, too many characters. Fuck off, YouTube um so yeah uh definitely check out his uh his channel i checked it out beforehand of course it's it's good stuff um anything else anything other interesting things uh or just you know youtube and you're working on your magnum opus and we'll see in time when uh, when that releases uh which probably is gonna cause some other major synchronicity um like you'll see that many of the things that you write about um you know are going to happen or will be happening or whatever just because you're you manifested it in your book you know yeah it's a little potent sometimes i'll definitely say that but uh yeah thanks so much for having me on i could talk about all this stuff like all the time I i've kind of got a wide 
breadth of like things that I'm interested in, not just from like, oh, JFK conspiracy, parapolitics stuff, or you know, magic, esoteric, you know, whatever nonsense. Um, yeah, super into it all. And yeah, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you're you know, you're always welcome to come back. Uh, I saw that uh, Zerolath already kind of you know, invited you to uh, to come on, like you were talking Magic the Gathering, and he was Let's like, do it. we're talking magic? Okay, okay. Yeah, magic. Uh, and Magic uh, the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, here, you know, he's just like, that's that's pretty much, that's an invitation right there. So, you know, we got another professional podcasts guests on our our hands uh which apparently is a thing as well uh but yeah you know you're you're more than welcome to uh, to come back of course i uh i'm definitely gonna uh introduce you and your stuff to uh raven wolfgar as well for the whole dnd thing he, he of course has his show together with uh joe joseph um those two are a special kind of people, but you know, <laughs> they're good people. So, uh, yeah, this has been another amazing show on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. This uh, I was supposed to do this for only an hour and a half because I have a show afterwards here too. Uh, but, you know, I'm closer to two and a half hours. But, you know, that just means that we had an amazing, uh, amazing talk. Um, I mean, you did much of the talking, but hey, that's perfectly fine. You... You came with a lot, so it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, if you want to see more of the Grey Room Pagans podcasts, if you want to see more of the tribe of the Grey Room Pagans, go to our website, www.greyhornpagans.com. Uh, you'll find everything there from the podcast, our merchandise. Of course, got to gotta wrap the merch. Um Our Substack articles, my wife and I are doing Substack article. Thane Josh has one, uh, like just so many, so many people within our tribe um, have their own Substack and more, of course, but you will find that all on the uh, website. Uh, thank you all who were watching. Thank you all who came in the comments. Uh, um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, uh, ring the bell, you know, all the, the YouTube shilling stuff, which you are supposed to do and supposed to say, because otherwise the algorithm gods are getting mad at you. Um, if you're listening to this uh, on the audio platforms when this eventually releases, don't forget to give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating. Uh, it does help. It really does help. I have seen the readings. It's, uh, you know, we're we're going good. We're going well. People are actually giving us ratings. So I'm very happy about that. Thank you all very much. Uh, but yeah, I am on to the next show if uh, if my guest is uh, you know still wanting to. So for everybody watching now, I will catch you in a minute. For everybody watching later, listening later, thank you all so much for being here check out the grammar pagans check out brady his channel uh apocalypse apocalypsis i have to say it the right way historia yeah. jesus christ i could have thought of an easier name <laughs> uh, a, a h uh, for short i don't know 
Uh, it's all tagged in the description box down below uh, thank you all again for being here and uh, i will see you all uh, next time bye bye